They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Dang it. Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, mouth. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. Most places when we're on location, I will let out, you know, the Modelo yellow. I'll just let it let it fly. Every once in a while, I'll do like, you know, one of those uh, monster jam screams. But uh, here at the Players, I don't know if we can get away with that uh, because things are a bit more quiet around here. But we are right Are we going to get on. golf Joe voice? Does oh, that mean? Yeah. Um, Listen, occasionally. Here, here's what I'm concerned with. When yeah. Thursday comes, are we going to get the rebel yell? Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. Uh-huh. Here's what we'll do, Leon. You see number 10 right over there? You I see do. see number 10? I do. So as long as, there, as long as the marshal isn't doing this, right, which is he's got his yeah. arms up mm-hmm. and he's telling everybody to be quiet, then we'll do it. You know we'll do it. We'll get that uh, Modelo yellow out when we can. But, like, Pross and, and Hick, they're so loud, too. Yeah. And they'll have guys that will be coming <clears throat> through right here, 18 and 10. And without exception, you will have a staffer, as I like to describe them, to come over here, and they'll put the hush on the drill. Nice. And we'll, we'll maybe see uh-huh. if we could get someone to come over here and put the hush uh, on XL Primetime. We welcome you in. It's a Tuesday. It's a beautiful Tuesday. This is mm-hmm. going to be the warmest day of the week. Uh, and we say thanks to Beaver Chevrolet and Beaver Toyota. We're talking Duval and St. John's County, well represented with both of the Beaver dealerships. So check them out, beaverchevrolet.com, and then right there on Phillips Highway, and beavertoyotastaugustine.com with their big dealership that's about to be built right there on 95 and 207, but they can still take care of you right there on US-1. So we got all sorts of things to get into that are football-related. Time, 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 tick, tick, tick. For Aaron Rodgers, for Lamar Jackson, we'll get to all of that. But we got to start out with at least a little bit of the lay of the land here and then get to a couple of pieces of news that Big Sirs missed out on yesterday. Uh, Evan Ingram getting tagged and Calvin Ridley uh, officially a Jaguar and freed uh, by the NFL police. But when you all come out here, like remember last year how bad the weather was early in the week? And you knew that it was not going to be a tournament that was going to finish on time. Mm-hmm. It was a hellish week. And you think about Jared Rice, the tournament director, two out of three years he had a pandemic and a, and a, and a weather forecast. And a monsoon. Yeah, and a weather forecast mm-hmm. just absolutely sucked. So isn't it nice to be out here with beautiful weather, Leon? It is, back absolutely. Back in, back in. Absolutely beautiful yeah. weather, absolutely. Ponte Vedra. Yeah. You never go wrong with Ponte Vedra. No, Sunshine, no. you know, trees, yeah. gusty wind. Well, we've got, I hope, I hope a little bit of wind. I hope a little bit of wind that's going to come in on Saturday. It looks like maybe a little bit of rain in the forecast on Friday. But for this golf course to stand up, it needs wind as much mm-hmm. as anything else. It really does. Yeah, it looked beautiful when myself and Spielberg, Graham Marsh, were walking around getting some content for the 1010XL channels this morning. What I'm really curious, Josie, is it's not going to be that stark of a temperature difference, but we are expecting to see lows in the 50s later this week and mm-hmm. 60s even as some high, some yeah. high 60s. Um, so it will fluctuate a little bit, but not too much, not too hot, not too cold, which is just the way we like it here in Northeast Florida, especially this time of year. But I am curious because, you know, they've been really pushing that player's commercial of just the carnage on hole 17 last year when it went from 80 degrees and sunny like we have right now Mm -hmm. to 50 degrees and windy and then rain in between and what that did for the golfers on the island green. Yeah, it will 
it will wreak havoc. It really will. And there are people that watched uh, Saturday a season ago uh, and see some of the, the with the craziest tee shots and the craziest weather and what it did to it. And I, I have to go back and look and see how many balls went in the water on 17 a season ago. But it was nuts. And I do think we at least have the potential of four different days of weather this, this, this time. And so what you're describing definitely could mean, I think, a packed leaderboard, maybe a tough uh, scoring day or two, and then they're also going to set it up where they'll be able to go low and attack flags uh, if there's a little win. I can still see the score somewhere in the teens. Uh, I hate to even imagine it approaching 20 under, but somewhere in the teens is where I, I would like to see this, this bad boy uh, finish up, 12 under, 14 under, something like that. People, people get crazy about it. They're like, oh, man, that's such a soft golf course. No, 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 no. I like scoring. Take a look at Augusta. Take a look at what happens on Sunday. You hear the roars instead of the moans and groans. I mean, I'll this take is, that all day. We talk about baseball and what they're doing with the pitch clock and the batter's clock. Everything is about offense. Oh, we yeah. talk about the NFL yeah. and how it's headed towards a spread offense. Why wouldn't you want guys going low? Why yeah. wouldn't you want more scoring? And for what it's worth, Joe, I mean, look at last week's leaderboard at Arnold Palmer. And I know we're going to have Mark Carnival jo- one. joining yeah. us at 1 o'clock to kind of recap that tournament and what it means this week. There's some guys, you know, Commissioner Jay Monahan just said it. There are some guys on the tour right now, including Rory McIlroy, who's obviously been instrumental in keeping the PGA Tour as solid as it is, warding off he who must not be named, the Live mm-hmm. Golf Series, mm-hmm. and also in creating the new series that he and Tiger Woods are going to be putting on during the week of the PGA Tour calendar year. Commissioner Monahan just said Rory was in a seven-hour meeting on Thursday. He went out and almost won the whole tournament. And then today, he sat in meetings from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. and then went out and is currently on the practice field. Yeah, he's part of the policy board. He's a big uh, There's some guys playing great golf right now. Instrumental figure. Uh, And, and, you know, we'll get to some of the things that Jay Monahan said, the commissioner, but basically it is as simple, and, and you can boil it down to we need our best players playing against each other more often. That, that's basically what it is. We've upped the ante. We've listened to uh, our, our players, and they collectively have come together with us to make sure that we that we have the best product on the planet uh, out there. So we'll stay on the players. But, Big Sirs, uh, <coughs> jump in on either one of them. Evan Ingram we, we knew was going to be tagged. That was the report. But mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley uh, being reinstated, that's great news, man, for this uh, well, Duval franchise. Well, it's outstanding news. I mean, anytime you can get a true number one, to come to your roster, to join your roster. Uh, we're already equipped with the guys that we have now with the Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. Then you add get Calvin Ridley to the equation. I mean, he's going to be the guy, type of guy, hopefully, that comes and stresses your defense. Always said that this team needs somebody where the defensive coordinator has to game play, a la Jimmy Smith, someone who can stress, stress your, your, your safeties, stress your DBs, you know, get in the zones, beat man coverage, can catch the long ball, great route runner, tough inside the middle, and all those things are, are what Calvin really is equipped with when we saw him playing in Atlanta. So, I mean, he, he's got to resurgence his career because the, the wound is self-inflicted. The suspension mm-hmm. is self-inflicted. So he's got to come here and establish some kind of trust, not only with Doug Peterson, not only with Trent Baalke, but also with, with Trevor Lawrence. He's got to be a reliable guy because, you know, right now, Trevor is entrenched in the guys that he has right now. All right, mm-hmm. he trusts Kirk. He trusts Zay. He trusts uh, Evan Ingram. So if he's gonna if he's gonna be able to get in the mix and get in, because listen, there's only one ball. All right, there's only one ball. And right. So he's got to make sure that he keeps guys happy by getting the ball to. But right now, Calvin Ridley has got to reestablish himself and the trust within this organization that took a chance on him. And hopefully, he's he's a good guy. 
you know, he made a bonehead mistake. I'm, I'll listen. I'm a guy who wants to get. I'll give you a second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance, but not too many chances. No. So he's got this chance for, for opportunity to research his career, get the big time contract that that he merits if he plays the way he should play, and let's see if we can take this team to the promised land. I, the only the only question I have is he's 16 months removed from the last time he played ball. That's really the only question, and I, we don't know how if it. If the skills deteriorate, if it's, he's the same guy, we don't know. You won't know until we actually see him out there running around. But that's really the only question. He clearly was one of, I, I would say, one of the 20, 25 best receivers in the league when he was out there, when he last played. So, I mean, let's see if, if the skills have diminished. Let's see. It looks like he stayed in shape, right? Um, let's see how he is mentally. Yeah. Let's see where he's at. Um, how badly does he want to play? How badly does he want – does he love football? Let's see him out there, man. Let's see what happens once – He's four, five, six practices in the heat here, and you're grinding a little bit. You have to start grinding a little yeah. bit. Then you really want to see, you know, how, is yeah. he committed? Is he invested? Let's see it. Well, well I'll tell you this much uh, on the investment part, mm-hmm. Leon. He just re- uh, he as in Calvin Ridley just retweeted a gif of one Matthew Driscoll screaming "Let's go" in March <laughs> Madness a couple years ago. Uh, and also, for what it's worth, in the on the field area of mm-hmm. this, our boy Pete Prisco, Uncle Pete has heard and reported that Ridley was recently timed at 22 and a half miles per hour during a workout. That's all good. That's all great. That's man. all great, but listen. When listen, heat comes. When they, they, <laughs> listen, I don't care how much you train. I don't care how many treadmills you run. All right, I don't care how much stuff you do on your own. You've got to get your body acclimated to running those routes in coverage, in zone, with the hits, with the safety. Absorbing the hits, yeah. Absorbing the DB and press coverage, getting off press, running your routes, being rerouted by linebackers and safeties and all that kind of stuff. So that's only my concern is the fact that he's been rusty, hasn't played in about a year and a half. And let's just see how he – I'm going to tell you the one – I'm going to tell you already people what's going to factor in. Those soft tissue issues, the stuff that he's never had, the hamstring, Hadn't had the quads, months, yeah. that kind of stuff. Those are the things, especially with a wide receiver as fast as he is and the routes that he runs, you're going to be concerned. Hamstring is going to come into play. I hate to say it. I don't want to jinx the kid, but hamstring is going to come into I play. I think you just did. Okay, I might have. <laughs> but let's get listen. Let's get it out the way during the, the OTAs and the yeah. training camps so we don't have those issues when the season starts. Yeah, it, it's, it really is. It's step on the gas. It's football fast versus, mm-hmm. you know, anything else when you're just trying to stay uh, in shape fast, right? I mean, there True. is a big difference. Big difference. And, and I would even think maybe, Leon, there's a big difference between off-season football shape or football fast versus in season yeah I, I've always been a proponent that I, I want to go you want to go full speed in, in times like OTAs mini camps and training camps mm-hmm. because what you're doing is you're equipping your body to the push and the tug of what football is all about uh, I don't know why they collectively bargain to have less practices but that's neither here nor there right but you need more time for your body to be pulled and tugged and all that kind of stuff yeah, it, it really uh, – I, I think it's good news. All right, the Evan Ingram tag, we don't exactly know. He did mm-hmm. come out after the tag was placed on him and basically said something positive that he wants to be here, they want him, all that stuff, all the you know the good glossy goodness. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about that tag, Big Sirs? We knew it was coming. Well, I, well, for him, I mean, he should be grateful, to be quite honest with you. Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence resurges his career. This was the same guy who was the first-round pick with the New York Giants who was booed on the field, who couldn't, they said he couldn't catch, wasn't tough, wasn't a route runner. He comes to Jacksonville, has a stellar year, one of the franchises, if not one of the franchise's best careers as far as a tight end goes. He's not really a tight end. Like Mike, Matt Hayes said yesterday, he's, he's a, a hybrid. Yeah. He's a flex. He's the type of guy where he's not big enough to hold – 
He's just big enough to hold the point on the run game, but you you don't worry By about. By the way, he held game. on that on, oh, on Etienne's critical yeah. fourth down run. I that know was a blatant hold. It was, and they didn't call it. I'm glad because we would <laughs> we've been distraught if he did call it. But no, he's a flex guy. He's the type of guy that is a matchup problem if you have to move the, the linebacker out on him, or even if you got to bring down the safety. I mean, he, he moves and maneuvers well. He's got great speed. Yeah. Uh, they, they're going to find a way to get this guy a long-term deal out there. Mm-hmm. But he should be comfortable with the tag because this man was out of – not out of football, but he had been cut from the team that drafted him in the first round just a couple of years ago. Right, and everyone had all but given up on him in New York, and I know that's why my poppy keeps saying, you know, mm-hmm. as a guy who uh, – doesn't root for the Giants, but certainly doesn't uh, – he certainly likes to root against them. Yeah. That he said that there's something to be said for a team and a fan base that completely wrote Evan Ingram off, when in reality he was hurt several seasons. Yeah. He was in New York. And moreover, he had Daniel Jones throwing to him, which do with that information what you will. And moreover, he had Dave Gettleman constructing a roster and Joe Judge trying to coach a team that mm-hmm. was kind of put together with Band-Aids and some – Tooth floss, quite. Yeah, frankly. I think it was. I think it was more Joe Judge. I, I mean, honestly, I think if he, if he was there with Brian Dable, I think he would have had a yes, much better year. Couldn't agree much more. Much better year. So, so I mean, because look what they did. I mean, what's his name? Hodges, Isaiah Hodges, who they got off the Buffalo Bills practice squad, is like that, that their guy, guy right now. And obviously, they, you know, they trade Kadarius Tony. Um, Wandale Robinson suffers the eight torn ACL, so that affected that as well. But when Isaiah Hodges is your go-to weapon, but you mm-hmm. had Evan Ingram, yeah. I mean, come yeah. On. I'm, I think it's a lot, a lot of times, and Leanne, you can speak to this because you played the game, it's, it's just not a good fit sometimes with organizations, with, within systems, within schemes. And it's also some guys take it. Need, some guys need a little bit, hey, man, you're out of the league if you, don't, if you don't turn it around, to turn it around, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, when, you, when you're a first-round pick like I was, <clears throat> you spend a lot of time with people telling you how great you are on your back. And then that's for about the first year. And then when they see you, if you underdevelop or don't develop, you know, now you put on the back burner. Now you're in a situation where you're 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 a casualty of your own fame. And if you don't produce in some capacity, you're going to be out the league. As as much as they say, first round picks get a longer leash to develop. You know, when they cut the cord, they cut the cord, and they leave. There's a wasteland of first round picks after you don't develop for that initial team. So they the Giants cut the cord with with with, uh, with Evan Ingram. He comes over here, resurges his career. And, you know, now he's a key component to everything that we do offensively. So, I mean, you know, he, he's got, the he, guy he, that he, he saw, he sees the moment. He bet on himself in a one-year deal, and now he's going he's gonna to capitalize. I mean, honestly, he played like the guy that was coming out of Ole Miss. Exactly. He played like the guy that was, uh, had a lot of the similar and skills that Kyle, Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts had. And you Very similar type player. And sometimes it's a change of scenery. Yeah. Is, is helpful for a guy because if, if, if all you've been he balled He was, what, 15 overall, 16 overall, he something was like that? 20s, or, I, think. I think it was higher yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. might have been 12th, something yeah. like that. I think, he was, I think he was there, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah I mean, he, he literally was, was Kyle he, Pitts actually, before no, no, Kyle Pitts. He was 20 tw- 23rd. Yeah, 23rd. Oh, okay. okay. I thought he was, he was like, higher, too. He was one of those rare flex guys that could run that you had to put a corner on. So he was like – just, he, you, they expected – everyone expected big things from him when he came out of college. Just remember how many good players came out of that program. Yeah, no kidding. Treadwell. And okay, you just start adding them up. Okay, Tunsil. And yeah, and, and, and heck, how many of them are left in the NFL though? Right. He and Tunsil basically. Right. Well, but but a little bit further than that, Brown. Brown. That's Metcalf. true. I mean, yeah. if you go back. And yeah, you, yeah, that's true. Metcalf too. Yeah, right. Metcalf right. and, and Brown, bro. I mean, that's how whatever Hugh Freeze was doing there, and then left the you know the the blueprint. 
Go Don't like, write off well, Auburn. That's maybe, why Matt's not well, writing off Auburn. You, maybe he I has tell you what he's now. doing. Yeah. Oh, of course. We know what he's doing. Right, but now everybody's doing in college exactly. football. Exactly. So now so. he's got to be able to combat that. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's the part that, that we'll find out if he can do it. Because you, you, you have to be able to combine getting the player and then coaching the player. And, and the recruiting part of it is so important. And so, yeah, he broke the rules, bent the rules, did whatever well, uh, back then. And now – there's enough Auburn money out there to make sure that uh, that he can get some players coming to the Plains. No, but there's a, there's a lot of money out there. Oh, yeah, there's too. a lot of money for everybody. That's going to be But the that's, that's the point, is that even though it's still an unlevel playing field, it's at least a little more level for the teams that are doing everything they possibly can to catch up to Alabama and Georgia. At the very least, it's a little more level for them. And if At the very else, least, they have the ability to use NIL to get four or five-star blue-chip guys that yeah. they may not have had a chance with prior is really what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, we're, you know, we've got spring practice that will be going on. We'll be taking a look at uh, a handful of storylines uh, because a handful of them are starting. Florida State got rolling. Okay, so we're going to be looking at these teams uh, over the course of the next month and digging in on them just to kind of get an idea of what they think. But let's uh, transfer to college here real quick, and let's at least open up this Anthony Richardson piece. Uh, start us off, Matty, because he's basically talking about, well, how, how big it's been to ramp things up to get to the combine, how many heads he turned. He went through the whole thing. But then also talking a little bit about what, uh, what was happening down in Gainesville too. I, I don't, but here's the thing. He hasn't really addressed this yet. And it's probably because, really, I'm not sure anyone's really asked him this yet. But the question that has to be asked of him is, why didn't it play out in Gainesville? And mm-hmm. I'm sure he was asked that by NFL teams. I'm sure of that. You know, what, you know well, Anthony, what, what do you think was the reason why, numbers-wise, wins-wise, all the talent that you had didn't play out on the field in Gainesville? Mm-hmm. And this goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Suddenly, over the next four, five, six weeks before the draft, it's going to turn to this is a Billy Napier problem. This is the reason why he wasn't developed correctly. And, right. and, and the NFL guys can develop him, and he's going to be a different story in the NFL. And that's what I was talking about in the, in the uh, crossover with the, with the boys from, from Jaguars today. Is, um, right. It's, look, the NFL will convince itself of anything it wants to convince itself of. They do it all the time coming out of the combine. They do it all the time coming out of individual pro days. If they see something physically and athletically that they think they can mold into a player, they're all over. And and Anthony is a is a high football IQ type kid. Right. He understands the game. He understands the passing concepts. For whatever reason, it didn't play out on the field. So then the next question obviously is why? Why didn't it play out on the field in Gainesville? Mm-hmm. The uh, you know the mystery is still there. It ain't going away. But the other part of the mystery with Anthony Richardson is, is it was one quarterback, Leon, and two different coaches, two different staffs, and there was struggle in both seasons. It wasn't like it was right. Just it wasn't just Billy Napier. That's yeah. another thing too, yeah. Joe. Got to make that, that point. That's what well, I wrote yesterday yeah. at Saturday Down South. If you're gonna if you're gonna say it's a Billy Napier problem, then you better say it's a Dan Mullen problem yeah. because well, Dan Mullen, or, the guy, the guy who his, developed. Hang on, the guy who yeah. developed Jacobs at, at Bowling Green. Alex Smith, the number one overall pick at, at Utah. Right. Chris Leak, the, the Florida passing records. Tim yeah. Tebow, two-time national champion. Right. Dak Prescott, a guy who's in the NFL now, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Problem. So it's, it's – you, you, you clearly – and then you look at that last year, 2021, okay? Emory Jones played so poorly, mm-hmm. almost anybody would have started instead of him. Yeah. And Anthony couldn't get on the field. So if you're going to blame Billy Napier for Anthony Richardson – you better blame Dan Mullen, too, because he didn't get him on the field either. 
Well, see, but but saying all, I I totally agree with everything, but but and saying all that, the combine that I saw Anthony Richardson do this this past Saturday, and I said this the other time, it's inexcusable a player of that kind of talent right. if you don't find a way to make it comfortable for him to exude those talents on the football field every Saturday. Mm-hmm. It, it is encompassing upon you to make sure you got something in place to make sure this kid flourishes. Right. You, you can't have a kid running. You can't have nobody that size with that build. Bro, he was with those, doing that, that, that athletic ability, and you don't utilize him properly in Florida. Yeah, well, here's what's funny. Whoever, whoever did, Mullen, uh, whoever, whoever Nap- yeah. Napier. Remember, we Dude, laughed. the day he stepped on the field there, we he laughed and we argued back and forth with Matt. Like Matt's like he's scared to death because he didn't have anything behind him. I'm like, I don't, I don't give a rat. Run the guy. That's exactly. the guy that is your superstar. And then I think I was thinking this notion re- when he was when he was with Mullen that this kid didn't didn't understand. The, the, you say he's got a high IQ, yeah. So that's not the issue. He has an IQ. He has the athletic ability. He's, he's, he has the athletic prowess, the arm, the IQ. Why isn't this kid not on See, the field? Here's another thing too: is I don't, I don't. Rush. It's called a pass. I rush. don't buy the whole That's thing. It believe. could be that I don't buy yeah. the whole thing of he doesn't see the defense because I watched the Texas A&M and Tennessee and and uh, the Texas A&M Tennessee and the Utah games. Okay, he I watched the the the, the all twenty four of those games. You could see they were doing all kind of different multiple coverages on him and and, and a bunch of different exotic blitzes. He saw it and played well. The question is, why do you play well in those games? He played really well against Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Why do you play well in those games? Uh-huh. But then other games, you're literally lost on the field. Yeah. That's the question, I think. And yeah. that's where this self-authored piece by Anthony Richardson that is in The Athletic went up this morning. I was fully anticipating him to throw Billy Napier under the bus and mm-hmm. to come clean and say, look, this is what happened. This is what happened. He told me this. He told me that. And he actually didn't throw anybody really under the bus. He just kind of detailed his training here in Jacksonville yeah, that's not his MO, right. with our guy, Danny Thompson. And then obviously, you know, he talked about going down to Torque in St. Augustine and all the different companies he worked with, what his goals were for the Combine, how he appreciated the camaraderie there. And I thought that was very impressive because I was fully anticipating, okay, he's at, you know, the mountaintop, if you may. Although I'm sure Denny and the, and the rest of Six Points would say, no, the mountaintop is getting drafted number one overall. Mm-hmm. But I was fully expecting it to come out of – Okay, well, this is actually what I was told. And even if Anthony wouldn't admit it, team's saying, well, this is what he's telling us. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's definitely well, not going to – that's not who he is. Well, he no. come, he but, come, but he, but he, but he may have it. said it – he may have said it privately to in discussions with the NFL execs when I mean, he was at the combine. And he comes across as a humble kid. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and that's, one, that's one thing that with a kid with that kind of talent in it, he could be arrogant, but I, every time I see him and I, I see him in interviews and talking – he, very, you know, humble. very humble. Very humble. Very respectful. respectful. Yeah, exactly. And that'll help him. That'll help uh, absolutely. him. Absolutely. Yeah, because people will go, you know what? Maybe you did get bad instruction. And this, again, goes back to the classic argument that we have all the time. Next guy thinks that they let me get him, I'll fix him. And we're going to find out whether that's the case or not. It's, it's just right. very hard for me to see Dan Mullen taking a kid who didn't even, play, didn't even start as a high schooler and break single-season records at Florida with the way he threw the ball in that season. He threw it as well as anyone in the last five, six years, Kyle mm-hmm. Trask did. Mm-hmm. And then get a guy with a ton of talent, and it's a completely different situation. Right. And Mullen, who loves to run guys, didn't put him in there in, in, in an RPO, <laughs> or an, as I like to call it, an RRO, right. uh, because that's really what it was, run, run, option, uh, either you or that, uh, you know, hand it off to the, to the running back. All right, so we got a couple of pieces of sound that we'll get – 
to you as far as Anthony Richardson is concerned. You can hit the text line on that subject. Text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010 or jump in on what's going to happen next with Evan Ingram, what's going to happen next with the rest of the decision the Jaguars have to make. Let's get into Lamar and A.A. Ron and all that stuff that's uh, really the buzz around the National Football League. Deadline is 4 o'clock this afternoon uh, when it comes to placing franchise tags on players. We'll do that all as we are at the players' military appreciation concert this afternoon. Riley Green on stage right there at the Island Green. Uh, Let us know if you're going to come by, hang out, enjoy everything today. We are right here in the Sawgrass Square area, which is close to 10T and right behind 18. It's XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Picture perfect day from TPC Sawgrass. Day one of practice rounds at the 2023 Players Championship. XL Primetime with you here all week long. Mio, O'Brien, Joe C, Matt Hayes, Leon Searcy, JJ LaSelva back at 1010XL World Headquarters, but will be boots on the ground come Thursday. JJ, I know you've never been able to come to the players as a member of 1010, but have you been to the players like yourself for fun? Yeah, I've been at with 1010. Okay, so you have been out here for 1010. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just never as the producer boots on the ground. Yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. Well, we're very excited for that coming up this week. Uh, We're also very excited for what what the future holds for one Anthony Richardson, the former Florida Gator quarterback, lit up the NFL Combine last week. Uh, he's currently lighting up the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, which you can get in on that conversation at 641-1010. We'll read off some of those in just a little bit. But first things first, Josie, I want to play this soundbite from Lewis Riddick, yeah. ESPN, former front office guy, Philadelphia Eagles, a couple other organizations, with regards to why he is not worried about AR's 54% completion percentage during his three seasons with the Florida Gators. Here is Lewis Riddick. These guys can work at it, whether it be mechanically or holistically in terms of being with better with better supporting cast, better coaching, and continued, you know, just steadfast, resilient type of, you know, commitment to the process. They can make huge leaps and bounds. Josh Allen showed you this. Jalen Hurts has shown you this. Yep. It can be done. So I think with this young man, it started at the combine. If you saw how he looked on balance, how he looked fluid, how the ball came off his hand with anticipation and accuracy in a workout that is really not, it's not designed to help you look good. It's designed to see if you can catch on and develop chemistry with these wide receivers who you've never thrown to before and start making it look easy. He made it look easy. Uh, Listen, I I love the enthusiasm. I love that unbridled uh, enthusiasm from Lou Riddick talking about Anthony Richardson, and then he draws the comparison. This is where I kind of get off the bus, Leon. When he starts naming other cats in the college game that have thrived – uh, well, and Anthony Richardson has not. I'm not putting. I'm not putting him in the same pile. Well, I mean, guys listen. Like well, first of all, Lewis Riddick knows exactly what he's talking about. He's been a GM. He's about the business of knowing players and their potential to, to, to excel in the NFL. Only thing that I have a problem with Joe C is the fact that the quarterback position is the only position where there's discretion. Yeah. That means that they, they will, how they played in college, that when they get to the next level. They can fix them. They can work with them. They can they can evolve them and make them into that player. Yeah. Any other player in any other position, whether it be a wide receiver, offensive lineman, all that kind of stuff, if he doesn't come fully equipped to play, 
Mm-hmm. He's not in the position that Anthony Richardson is in. It's crazy. And that is crazy. I mean, it is absolutely Discretion, crazy. I like that. I, it is. I like that. It, it, because, they're, because their entire being and that's the most in the draft is, is yes. your tape, is your resume. Yes. Unless you're a quarterback. Now, yeah. I will say this. To Anthony's defense, some guys develop differently. Maybe it's going to take him a little bit longer to develop than others. And that's look. And you're giving a hall I, I, pass. He they is getting. They, they, he's they, getting. There's no doubt he's getting a hall they, pass. They're there's saying no that we can put him. We can put him behind a veteran for a league young development. But I will say but, this: he's not getting a hall pass. He's picked in the top five. No, he's no, playing right away. He's got to play right yeah. away. Absolutely. So, so it's you know it's going to be on him then to if it is a development thing. If he's just not there yet, it's going to be on him over the next three or four months once he gets picked to get with the playbook, get with the OC, get with the QB's coach. And get as ready as he possibly can because you are not sitting a top five guy like that if you trade up to get him. You can't. Very comprehensive answer on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, courtesy of 3613, who says, everything AR did at the Combine, he put on tape. The deep ball to start the LSU game to shorter and against Mm -hmm. EWU and Florida State. The vertical jumping over players against FAU. (laughs) The speed out running the entire defense against USF, Texas A&M, et cetera. His issue is not his issue is not with the coaches. He showed he can do it. The issue is with his consistency. When he missed receivers, he pointed at himself and said, "My bad. Nobody else's fault why he wasn't consistent." Don't forget, he has some really amazing games on tape in Utah, Tennessee, LSU. He just wasn't consistent and needs more experience. 2021 should have been his year, and 2022 he would have been ready. But for some yeah. reason, Dan thought Emory Jones was the guy. Yeah. See, wait, yeah. wait. Let me yeah. let me step in real quick, yeah. okay? Dan was in trouble in 2021. Dan knew should he was he, he knew yeah. that he had to win games, okay? Yeah. So if he if he thought Anthony was the better of the two quarterbacks, he would have played him yeah, to keep his job. He would have played him yeah. to keep his job yeah. to yeah. win games. Absolutely. But here's the other part of it. You know, you know this these like. In social media, it's called a sizzle reel, right? What is it? It's a very short, compact, concise. Spielberg's out there right now creating a sizzle reel. So yeah. Anthony Richardson has heard a of that short sizzle reel. Sizzle yeah, reel okay? He doesn't like have a full <laughs> set of tape and film on him over exactly. two seasons of time. We're talking 24 games, Leon. 24 games that he could have played in if he had started the whole time. And, and, and at some particular point, all that – all that, that they, they mentioned about the athleticism and the deep ball and all that kind of stuff. At some particular point, when, did, when is, does winning W's come into play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because everybody wants to talk about how amazing an athlete he is and the deep ball and the scrambling ability and whatever like that. And I know it's just one player, but he's a key component to you winning games. Right. That's why you give, me, you give me Bryce Young all day long because I see him in the heat of battles in the biggest games in college football, and I've seen him excel with the passing, with the accuracy, with the toughness, yeah. with all that kind of stuff, with the IQ, all that kind of stuff. So, the magician. I mean, yeah, so the, all, some, at some particular point, you could be a, as an amazing athlete as you possibly can be, and you can wow people. But I thought this game was about W's. Mm-hmm. Did you help with all that you had? Did, how did you help your team win football games? Right. Right. And that, you know where that comes from? That's watching film. Mm-hmm. That's that's what your play is your resume. I don't listen. Why? I, listen, you you in pajamas and you look good. No, I, no, I. That's what the combine I call it. Yeah. You're in pajamas. All right. You're, you're in shirts. Not your underwear. Yeah. yeah no, pajamas. You're in pajamas. All right. Let the record show. You're in pajamas. All right. Yeah. You, the, the real stuff is when. You play the game. The real yeah, stuff is when the bullets are flying. Thank you. That so, I mean, so how, I, you, how I, you respond? I respect to that. Lou yes. Riddick. I do. Yes. I think he's. I think he's terrific at what he does. Yeah. But for him to say that he threw a perfect deep ball with the receiver, didn't run. That he didn't. You know, 
play with in the entire season. So what? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a six eight three thirty pound defensive tackle. That's why I looked at Leon earlier. In the pocket either. Uh, I looked at Leon earlier. I said pass rush. That's the only thing I will tell you. That was that will determine whether he's going to be a success or not. Pass but rush. I think they're banking so, on. Look at the speed. He can be elusive. Yeah. You can't tell that from the NFL combine. All right. So let's. He do did this. move well at times too yeah. last year, like the Tennessee mm-hmm. game, yeah. the A&M game. He moved in the pocket yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. So there, there were times when he did that. Yeah, there were moments when you're like, oh, my gosh, you kind of you get up in your seat a little bit. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's make this the 10-10 take because this is how I'm going to describe This is how I'm going to describe AR. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit masters since 68. They got it cooking. They know that they got to get up, chop that wood, get that smoke going, and make sure that it's all ready for you when you roll in there. Look for Sunnies all over the First Coast, and you know that you're going to get those ribs, chicken, pork, whatever it might be, smoked slow and served perfectly for you. Check out Sunnies. So I'm going to name Anthony Richardson Young Frankenstein. And I'm going back in time. I'm thinking of the movie. I'm thinking I can see uh, Gene Wilder. I can see uh, Frank Barone. What's Frank Barone's real, real name? Uh, the old man. When, when he was young Frankenstein, he was a creation. He was made in a lab. Well, guess what has happened? Young Frankenstein, Anthony Richardson, has been made in a lab. Okay? He's gone to six points. He's trained his tail off. He's gone to the combine. He's shined. People have fallen in love. All this stuff. He is a lab creation, not Wuhan. We're talking right here in Jacksonville. Six points, man. And so if AR can be young Frankenstein and go out there and do exactly what they predicted him to do, it will be one of the great creations of all time. You mean if he can sing putting on the Ritz? Is that what you're saying? I'm just rooting for it to happen. I would love for it to happen. But that is, to me, where it is taking place. It has been a creation. It is an off-season phenomena, and we will find out whether he's going to be an in-season for real. That is the 10-10 take. Young Frankenstein, will you go with me on that, Leon? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah. much what it is, yeah. yeah. He, he, Young Frankenstein. Made, made in a lab. I like that. A man yeah. about A man that. in the lab. <laughs> made in a lab. lab. I, I can't wait. Now, look, the other guys that we have paid a great deal of attention to over the last handful of drafts, the guys that I would just announce in April – Baker Mayfield, number one overall. Kyler Murray, number one overall. I will keep my eyes on these two guys just to see how their careers have gone. You know what's so odd? What has happened? Baker's now uh, on his way to his fourth team, and Kyler Murray may be on his way I'm doing the math right now. But think think about this. Think about this is what's so odd. Those two guys, the questions were, were they big enough? Were they guys that could actually deal with the pounding they're going to take in the NFL? Were they big enough? And then – they reverted back to the tape because yeah. they were winners. Right. They won. They played well. Yeah. So now with Anthony Richardson, it's completely flipped. It's, it is such a fine line. It, it's true because it's they, almost like you're making up reasons to pick someone. Yeah. And, and Leon said, you know, what about the wins? Well, those 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 guys won, but they just didn't necessarily. You got to be able to pair up uh, uh, hardware, software, the ability to do everything that National Football League is going to ask you to do. You got to be physical and very very smart and heady. So a couple people are little bit disagreeing maybe agreeing with the notion that both Matt and Leon brought up that if Anthony Richardson is selected in the top 10 he will have to start from day one um, this one courtesy of 3933 being from California now living in Jacksonville welcome to the good life my friend yes um, being a Raiders fan listening to you guys every day I don't know if I should be 
about the talk of Richardson going to the Raiders or not. 6702 says, I disagree with Leon. If he goes to Detroit at number six, he doesn't need to start. He can sit for a year while, while Jared Goff starts. The NFL draft order as of now, just to get everybody caught up to speed, mm-hmm. Chicago at one. Sounds like they're trading the pick. Justin Fields will be their quarterback. Houston, Arizona, who obviously has Kyler Murray, Indianapolis, Seattle, Detroit. Now, Leon, you also brought up last night some other bit of news in the National Football League. Seattle giving Geno Smith a three-year extension, $52 million on the front end of that. So it's a very front-loaded contract, which would suggest they could part ways down the line and really just a couple of scratches and bruises on the economic front in terms of the Seattle Seahawks. And so are they still players, potentially, knowing that Geno got that contract in the market? And then that would be another landing spot, just like Detroit, where maybe he gets a little bit of time. And again, Las Vegas at seven, they don't have a quarterback as of right now. Well, you got to think in the top ten, there's got to be, like you said, there's at least six teams that are in play that Anthony Richardson could fall down to. And Seattle is real interesting because they could just gauge, you know, Smith a $100 million deal. You know, this is a guy who's been in the league, what, 10, 11 years? This year was kind of the resurgence of this year. Of, of, of his career to where the fact that the organization trusted him enough, took him to a playoff game. They lost the playoff game. But here's a guy who threw for over 30, 30 touchdowns, mm-hmm. only had 11 interceptions. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he had a phenomenal year. And they're vested in him now because they give him that, that kind of money. Uh, the, the quarterback market, I mean, it must be shallow. I mean, not, not, not a knock against Geno because he got his money. But there's this got to be truly shallow where – a guy who was literally a journeyman for the last 11 or 12 years comes to Seattle one year or two years, has to start the one year, mm-hmm. has a phenomenal year, gets him in the playoffs and gets a $100 million dollar deal. I, it's insane to me. How long has he been around? I don't, I don't know if he's he, been. Geno's been in the league at least 11 years, maybe 12. Has it been that long? At he's least 33 10. years old. Yeah, he's yeah, 33 years crazy. old. That's crazy. All right, yeah. so. A hundred and five million. Yes. The, the base deal is for three years and seventy-five million. It has thirty million in incentives and forty million guaranteed at signing. How much guaranteed? Forty million guaranteed at signing. And fifty-two million in the first year. Fifty-two million in the first year, bro. That yes. listen, he's just as liable to, to go like seventeen yeah. touchdowns, twenty picks next Dude, year. You, yeah, he, absolutely. You want to talk about a guy that popped up at the right time? At the right, absolute wow. right time. And, and Good especially, for Gino, especially, man. Yeah. You want to know why he probably got that extra money? Because Russell Wilson sucked when he went to the Mile High City. Yeah, uh, as much as anything else, he's like, I want you to pay me for my play and for getting rid of the other guy. And I don't know whether it'll last or not. Towards the end of the year, he was starting to fade a little bit, was making a few mm-hmm. more mistakes, and then he ended up playing a pretty good game. You know what at will the end to get to get in the postseason? You know what will last? Yeah, forty million. Yeah, yeah. forty million is going to last yeah. a long That's time. A hell baby. Of a, listen, I'm happy for that dude. Remember how angry he was? Can you still picture him on draft night when he takes one of the? Uh, uh, like the, the the dividers that was separating the draft picks and the rest of the uh, right crowd there, he flung it open because he was going back to the hotel because he had to stay another night to get drafted because he didn't get drafted. Oh yeah, because round. he went there because he was, yeah. oh, he was going yeah. to do the first second round. round. So, yeah, yeah and, round and he sat there, and that's the reason why I didn't go. Yeah, he back, sat there. Back, back <laughs> right there. Here is the, here is the full <laughs> breakdown, by the way, of the uh, Geno's of the Geno Smith contract. So again, it's a three year deal, right? Yeah. Three years. It was initially reported as three years, hundred and five million. His base deal is three years, seventy-five. The contract has thirty million dollars in incentives, forty million dollars guaranteed at signing. So base value of twenty-five million per season. 
he will earn 28 the first year, $30 million potential in incentives. Yeah, I, I love the quote that Ari Roth put out there on Twitter. They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. Yeah. No, that's the, that is the Gino okay. quote. Yeah. And guess what? They finally wrote back. They wrote back in the form of a big old check. Yeah. My question is, knowing this money that now Geno Smith has commanded on the open market, let's pivot to some of the other quarterbacks with franchise tag day upon us yeah. here in the National Football League. Lamar Jackson. I mean, if Geno Smith's making that much money, how much can Lamar now command? Hell, even Danny Dimes up in New York. The question remains, will the Giants be tagging Daniel Jones? Will they tag Saquon Barkley? How much money if they want to just work out an extension with Jones as opposed to the tag? But to be fair, honestly, the way that deal sounds like it's structured, they basically just paid him one year the rate of, of, of tagging yeah, him, 40 million. The rate, the rate. So, and, because and he can be cut next year, and it's not going to hurt them. But if they if they get him for two years, at least it sounds to me like they could be around that 35 to $38 million. In other mm-hmm. words, they'd save a little bit if they if they paid him for two years. It's still expensive. They're, they're essentially paying him the tag is what yeah, they're paying him. Yeah, and that's yeah. why they could still be in the market less for a quarterback the, in the draft. Yeah, mm-hmm. less than the exclusive, yeah. more than the non-exclusive. Yes, yes. They're right there in the middle because right now – if Lamar gets tagged, and we'll get into this coming up, if Lamar gets tagged and it's non-exclusive, it's going to be 31-32, right, right around that number. And he can go out there and entertain offers. And at least the story is up in Baltimore that they say, hey, we want you to hear what other people have to say if it goes down this way so you can understand that we appreciate what we're giving you. We value you. But still, he's going to look at it entirely differently. Now. He's going to look at it like, wait a minute. You're going to let me walk. That shows you what you think of me. But who's going to well, pay him? Think about this. Who will pay him? I think it, well, I, I, well, I mean, he, he, Lamar's whole deal is that he wants more guaranteed money because right. $133 million guaranteed is on the table. So who, he wants the fully fully guaranteed. Exactly. That's Deshaun. So he, essentially he wants another $100 million fully guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure he's going to get that on the market. I don't know. Maybe one, he might get 180 He might get 150 I'm not sure if he's going to get $250 million fully guaranteed like Deshaun Watson got. Does he deserve it or not? I don't know. Not sure. I mean, I, I he won the MVP, but if you put them back in the draft together with Lamar Jackson and uh, Deshaun Watson, who do you take? Deshaun. I take Deshaun. Too. Well, I don't, I don't know. Deshaun, Deshaun didn't Deshaun. look too good no, last year. No, I'm just saying. His last five I, games, he was kind of. No, no, I'm talking about. A little sketch. I'm talking about pre-massage. Mm-hmm. Okay, pre-massage. Yeah. yeah, yeah that part. <laughs> that part. All right, but, so the, which is hard to exclude. And I'm just going to keep going back to this, and this is the one that I believe more than anything else. The Atlanta Falcons got a ton of money, and they got one quarterback that they drafted that they may or may not be crazy about. Mm-hmm. And that's the team that I could see them – I need to look at what they've got draft-wise, but would be willing to give up two first-round draft picks to get a guy that could come into that city and own that team. And they have – it looks like 100 and, 150 million as far as what's a – you know the active amount that's that's on the books. I mean, they can they can make something happen. Cap space right now is in that 67 million range, so they could make something happen. We'll see whether it's going to be them or not. You got a handful of other ones that have, uh, you know, some opportunities. Chicago definitely has plenty of money, but we've talked. And they're not about really committed not. to Ritter because Ritter wasn't a high pick for them. We you know, they're yeah. not really committed to. No, Ritter. they're not. That's what I'm saying. It makes as much sense as like there are a couple of other places, obviously, that make sense that they could do something. You know, the Giants, if they go ahead and do Danny Dimes, then they're going to be going in that direction. But it doesn't mean they wouldn't look at the possibility. Hell, I've heard some people suggest, especially with Aaron Rodgers visiting New York this morning. We'll touch on that coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. Um, With Aaron Rodgers visiting the Jets, could there be a chance he sticks around MetLife and meets with the Giants if they can't get a deal done with Daniel Jones? I'm not sure their cap space would allow 
for the 50-plus million you have to allot for with Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. But the Giants could be players if they part ways with Daniel Jones. Hell, you could see them maybe try and turn around and re-sign Daniel Jones, but then draft like a Tanner McKee out of Stanford or maybe one of these other young quarterbacks mm -hmm. and see yeah. what they can do there. Um, Lance Zierlein of NFL.com, by the way, latest mock draft released an hour ago. He mm -hmm. has the Ravens trading Lamar Jackson to the Falcons. Right. And Atlanta drafting Will Levis. Uh, yeah, yeah. They just want to hit the reset button if they can, if they can. All right, we got Mark Carnival. We do. He's been Tour he's been chilling. Fame. He's got mm -hmm. a golf cart, which yeah. our boy Spielberg, Graham Marsh, is sitting here, and I can assure you, uh, I had him walking two and a half miles this morning collecting content. Yeah. He's wishing we had called Carney and just gotten his golf yep, cart. Yep, yep. He would have been. Uh, Carney would have insisted he was in the movie, though, if uh, if he used his golf cart, you know. All right, so let's say hello to him. Let's break it down. We're going to look at the tee times, the field, the improvements on this golf course, all that stuff that will be coming up uh, over the course of today. We are enjoying the beautiful day here at Players Championship TPC Sawgrass with the Military Appreciation Concert a little bit later on. Hopefully you are all coming out to enjoy the day or the week here at the Players. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Let me tell you, folks, uh, we, we encourage you to come visit us at Sawgrass Square here at TPC Sawgrass for Players' Championship Week. But all the all the friends of XL Primetime, oh, the yeah. Nooners, they all just rolled in all at once. <laughs> So stop on by. We're having a party over here. We love it. We're in the Sawgrass Square area. So if you're walking around and you see 10T, look to your left. If you're walking towards 18, look to your right. Anyway, Sawgrass Square is right here kind of in the Mill Hub area. We're behind the grandstands where they uh, watch 18 green shots come in. So you're going to be all over this golf course if you got a chance to stop on by well, Sawgrass Square. we got our man Mark Carnival. The truth of the by. matter is that this is your wheelhouse. You like the Mary. I do love it. <laughs> he <laughs> is. Everybody here knows Joe Cowell. I, 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 I've, I've figured out that I – This is the ultimate crossover tour, yeah. being here with XL Primetime and 1010XL. I do, I, you know what I realize, though? I, I, I might be losing, like, my mayoral uh, candidacy because there's just so many other – I know all the other mayors that are out here now, that's for sure. Mark Carnival might be described. Not anybody gets Mark oh, Carnival. Mark exactly. is definitely one of those mayors. There's Carney, no question Carney. in my mind. What's happening, buddy? Oh, man, it's just uh... – Obviously, this week is here, big week, but I'm ready for it to be over with. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? You already yeah. tired? Oh, are you already uh, tired? No, I'm not tired. It's just, I don't know. You know, everybody's on pins and needles, yeah. and it's just, you know, it's just golf. It's a game. Right. Let's go play. <laughs> yeah, you but, know, but guess what? Let's have some fun. Dude's winning $4.5 million. I, under, okay? I understand. I understand. So, so that uh, will go a long way to just kind of just inject a little extra yes. electricity into the body. Yeah, there is incentive for yeah. sure. Yeah. So – Let's just look at it. Before we talk about this place, coming out of Bay Hill, I was just telling you a second ago, for my money, and I'm always trying to tell everybody, there's a lot of great events on the PGA Tour. This past week, with a lot of big names head-to-head -head down the stretch, we've, had, we've been treated to some good ones here. It was pretty good. And obviously what Bay Hill has become and the Arnold Palmer invitation over the last uh, – well, it's always been obviously a highlight to me because of the mm -hmm. respect to Arnold Palmer. But – uh, the way that golf course has gotten, boy, it is it is a it's, challenge. It's tough, and dude. and you know people sit there, and obviously you got you got Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, you had of course Kurt Kitayama who ultimately won. Uh, you had all these players in the mix, and you know it's like it's it's such a and, and you see these guys missing putts over the last four or five holes. 
but it's just it's great drama. It, yeah. It's a difficult, mm-hmm. challenging golf course. I think ultimately that's why you see the cream coming to the top. That's why all the, mm-hmm. the best players were in the mix. Uh, I can honestly say that I hadn't seen crowns like that at Bay Hill since Tiger play. Really? That's pretty uh, good. And uh, good that was great to see that. Uh, obviously, you know, it, there was a lot of hope that maybe because of the eight wins there, Tiger might play there, that he might play here. Uh, you know, based on that, I mean, this just to get off the subject. I, I mean, I know he's focused on Augusta. He wants to play right. that. And then, you know, if he can get through playing all the majors this year, then, you know, maybe he adds a tournament or two next year. But I don't think anyone, you know, Leon might have, some understanding of what he has to go through to the extent, but no one understands what he has to go through every day in order to even try to play golf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So three of the biggest names in the game, I guess you could throw Patrick Cantley in there as well, finish in the top four at Bay Hill. That, of course, being Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth. They all get mm-hmm. beat by Kitayama, which, listen, it, it happens. That's the game of golf. But Commissioner Monahan just met with the media in the media center here at TPC, Carney, and he was asked about Rory McIlroy in particular and the leadership role he's taken in the PGA Tour over the last several months and years and obviously since the advent of the Live Golf Series. And he was just gushing about Rory sitting in board meetings last week for seven hours and then turning around and shooting the eight under that he did over the weekend and moreover sitting in board meetings for two hours this morning before he goes out for his practice rounds. I I mean, Rory said it in 2019 when he won the players and he said it's pretty funny because 10 years ago to the day I was getting kicked out of the Ritz at Jack's Beach (laughs) and a bunch of other Jack's Beach bars and now here I am as one of the leaders in golf. And so my question for you is, is those three names in particular, like what do they mean for the sport right now and what are their chances? Knowing, yes, they came up a little short this weekend, but they're probably playing as good as anybody. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. As a matter of fact, after the two-hour meeting, I actually uh, did a little interview for Optum with Rory. Uh, and I think that there's something about, and to me, this is what is so important for these players that, uh, and I think it's just it's the same true in every sport, fans want to understand their personalities. They want to understand their commitment to their game and, and, and understanding their place in the game and, and that they're not making themselves bigger than the game. Uh, I mean, again, it's a game we play. Uh, I think Rory, and you almost have a, I would say you got, you know, Rory and Cantlay kind of close age-wise, and obviously Scotty Scheffler a little younger. Um, you've got successful players. And I think what they understand is their, their place in the game. And Rory knows that he has an opportunity to speak out for not only the players but the game itself and represent the game itself. My, my, my father always told me, you know, he was a, basketball coach and went off from there to athletic director he said you know when you either finish your what you're doing as a professional or you continue it you have a responsibility to make it better for the others that come behind you because and we can sit back and we can say well they were making this much money and so forth the goal is to make it better and I think that's what these players are trying to do and that's why I think people pay attention to Rory I think he cares and has a lot of passion about it and that's why I think he's kind of taken the role that that he is uh, you know sort of standing on. All right, Carney, um, steamy right now. Uh, next for the rest of the tournament, though, temps looks like in the 70s, maybe some precip Friday. Maybe we might see some really, really low scores this week, right? It could. Um, I think the condition, interesting enough, I mean, right now the fairways are a little bit soft. If we can avoid any rain, then this golf course will con- continue to get firmer. I mean, I'd love to see this event get back to the old March events. And, again, if you have warm weather, it is what it is. Right. But I played here in times where it was cold and windy, and you were struggling to keep the ball in the fairway. Beat you were, your butt hard. You know, um, again, they, they still have to go out and play golf, but I, I think 
Uh, the setup looks spectacular. The condition of the golf course, and it can, and I would I would say at any time any of these players have the capability. Right, they're so good right? of mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah, yeah. But again, there's a lot on the line, and there's a lot on the line for even the best best in the world. And you know, we saw a little bit of it last week. I mean, would you? I mean, I thought Rory was going to make that putt on 18 hands down, uh, and and get the nine under. You know, Spieth missing three or four putts. Oof. You know, coming down the stretch. I mean, that's something you're not used to seeing. I, I think it's it, it's going to be fun. It always is fun, but what always happens here, and I think Joe, with his uh, involvement with with the tour, would back this up. And people say it all the time. Well, he pl- no, truly, the guy that plays the best this week mm-hmm. wins. I mean, with an exception here and there, but it's true. It's the combination of everything. Uh, and it's which- been a bunch of star-studded winners. If you look at the last ten years, I mean, you get Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy. And he who must not be named, Cam Smith, mm-hmm. in a, still number five in the world, like in a four-year span. Yeah. That's pretty darn good. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, that, that's, that's the beauty. I have a love-hate relationship with this golf course <laughs> just because, <laughs> because of what it is and what it represents. But, no, uh, this brings out the best, and you have to have you – don't, you don't just scoot by. I mean, I mean, you could look back and say, well, you know, Tiger only won it twice. Because, you know, we always, always just say, well, you know, I had my – B game or had my A minus game, but I was still able to win. You have to have your A game to win here. Now, Carney, if I'm if I'm going to lay a wager this weekend, mm. give me who you like. Um, Leon, Leon's going to put a Benjamin down. <laughs> I got a feel. I don't blame him. I mean, uh, you know, odds are might be pretty good. On I haven't seen anybody's odds, so mm, okay. uh, I'm just going by. I can see you putting some money down on Jason Day, a former champion. Oh, wow. how about that? I did not I see could, that one coming. Uh, I think Max Homa. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Which would be you know, a lot of, course, of fun. A lot course, of fun. Yeah, you know, you may not get much back in return on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with like John Rahm. I mean, yeah, I would, you know, John didn't have a great week last week. I would expect he would bounce back this mm-hmm. week. Uh, watch out for Harris English. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, he, yeah. finished, I mean, that, that would he probably, finished T2 with Rory last week That would week probably be a Hill. long shot. You know, he's coming mm-hmm. back off the surgery, and I spoke to him after he was done last week, and he just said, you know, I'm, 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 that confidence is coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you came back from an injury, you, mm-hmm. had, to, you had to learn to trust yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And everything. So, you know, he's, he's gotten to that point. It's been over a year, but it's, it's mm-hmm. a long process. Um, and there's so many young guys. I mean, I mean it, it's, this, this tour is unbelievable. Uh, if I was going to maybe pick – a dark horse. Um, I'm trying to think here, uh, and it's and it's, you know, you like to be playing well. You don't necessarily have to win to come into this week. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I mean, I'm gonna throw one out there. I'm gonna throw Denny McCarthy out there, not yeah. just because he can putt. The not just because out. he's a dear, he's a friend of mine, and I'm a friend of his his family's. But I, I think he's he's a guy that could get himself in the mix because it's not all about length on this golf course. Mm-hmm. It's really about yeah. the short game and everything that ultimately I think uh, brings you on to victory. And, and he'll get streaky hot and can roll it as good as anybody. Uh, we've only had a few uh, you know, first-time winners that have stepped up and won here for the first time, but it would be pretty cool if he could do it. You know, I threw Will Zalatoris out there mm-hmm. as another guy, and uh, putting is always going to be his concern. At least we'll find out, but he has every club in his bag that he can deliver shot after shot here. See, I would argue with the putting because yeah. you have to putt pretty he's well to get on. you in that position. Yeah, he's come on. He now, really has. I would say it's timing more than everything that he's missed those putts yeah. when he's had chances to win. Right. But he had to make them in order to get in that position. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll throw some uh, stats out at the folks out there as we go along. Uh, 
But just as an example, you just don't know how tough this golf course can be for some versus the others. Jordan Spieth and Tony Finau have combined to miss 11 of 13 cuts here. That's unreal. That yeah. is something That's else. Unreal. Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley have combined to miss six straight cuts. So it can happen in a hurry. And then just to prove that Carney is going out on a limb with Harris English, he has missed six straight cuts, losing a combined 29 shots to the field. So, <laughs> if he comes out of nowhere, I'm giving you all the credit in the world. Another oh, guy, yeah. Sahith Thagala. Okay. Oh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sahith is a really exciting young yeah. player, power player, but he's got good touch. Uh, and, and really, they got to deal with the rough, Carney. Yeah. And I spoke to him actually a little earlier. I was doing this show on the range. Yeah. Um, he got in last year, was a rookie was kind of overwhelmed by everything mm-hmm. and realized that, you know, hey, he's going to embrace it, manage his time better, and enjoy it. And he looked uh, really excited this morning uh, to be here. And Carney, so. you, you are, you're like – you're a big – if I remember correctly, you're a big Tony Finau fan. When does it hit for him? When does it, when does it connect, you think? It's, or, is you know, it, or is it like Ricky Fowler? It's just I, never, never going to fully happen. I mean, I think so. But I think with, with people – the thing about Tony is Tony is such a good guy. And, and quite frankly, in this game, you got to be a little bit of a, a jackass. A Can I say jackass? Yeah, oh, yeah you yeah. can say jackass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I wanted to say something else, but yeah. I won't. Yeah. Um, because it, it is a selfish game. Mm-hmm. And, and, but Tony is such a good guy. He does so much with his foundation. I think it kind of it, – it's – I mean, we won back-to-back last year mm-hmm. at 3M. And he's and now and won five times. And, and, right. and yeah. a rocket mortgage. Um, it's, it's hard to – you know, you scratch your head about it because you know he's got the talent to do it. Uh, he's competed in so many major championships, had close calls. Right. Um, but I, I would think Carney Fowler falls in the same category. Yeah, I think uh, I think Ricky doesn't get could have a, enough. Could have a have a good week here this yeah, week he's as well. Playing much better. Yeah. Not um, that you do, you do have to have some of that dog, you know, mm-hmm. dog in you. Yeah. I think because it, there's times when you just you need to focus. But at the same time, I think at the end of the day, as I said, we're playing a game and we're out here for entertainment. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a certain there's a certain balance that right. that you have to have. Yeah. So for what it's worth, uh, our friends at my bookie haven't come out with their official betting lines just yet for the players, but Sportsline has their betting favorites right now: Rory McIlroy and John Rahm tied for the best odds to win the Players' Championship, followed by Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I I, I, so Max isn't that far off, like no. you said. Not, not a bad, not a bad pick by yeah, any. You won't make a lot, but he would be a, he would be a very, very good champion. He's solid. Yeah. Max is not going to make too many mistakes. Uh, I mean, we all do. I mean, you play the yeah. game, you're going to make a mistake. Uh, but he he's, he doesn't self-inflict too much pain on himself. Mm-hmm. What's also impressive is, I mean, similar to people who joke that Justin Herbert is a social media quarterback or whatever the mm-hmm. guys at Fox Sports like to say. Um, some people used to joke, and probably rightfully so, that Max Homa was just this Twitter personality oh, yeah. Yeah. who ended up becoming one of the best golfers in the game right now. I mean, his climb, have we really seen anything quite like it over the last two years? Yeah, I almost wish some of that personality would come out on the golf course because I believe, and, and Joe's seen enough of the golf mm-hmm. swings. You guys follow golf enough. Mm-hmm. I think a player's personality has to match his golf swing. Yeah, when you when you look at John Rahm, he's kind of a tough guy, but actually in a lot of ways is a soft guy, but – your outward view is kind of a tough guy. And you look at his swing, it's really short, yep. aggressive. Aggressive. Boom. Yep. Uh, you looked at uh, Nick Price back in the day. was very – I mean, he talked faster than you could imagine. And his, everything about him was quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davis Love was always kind of – Languid, long. You know, yep. kind of low, kind of laid back. Uh, you know, a little bit like Max. But his outside personality is different uh, on the golf course. Um, anyway, but I, I, I think it's it, – 
it's going to be a fun week. I mean, I think there's a lot, and I think players understand now. I mean, obviously, this event a year ago, there was a lot of question. Okay, what's going to happen? You know, we're hearing all this stuff. Is it going to happen? Well, it's happened, yeah. and this is the this is the the spotlight event for the PGA Tour. You know, are these guys going to bring that attention to it? The crown jewel, my man. The crown jewel. All right, so we'll try and catch you, you know, depending on how things go with your schedule. But tell them where they can find you, a little PGA Tour Live, love. I will be uh, PGA Tour Live uh, Thursday through Sunday. Actually, we've got a preview show tomorrow afternoon, 2 to 4, and then i got a, another show this afternoon, 2 to 4, uh-huh. uh, that you'll be able to find on ESPN Plus and PGA Tour Live. I'm out Thursday morning for 18 holes with the uh, Marquee Group. I believe we do that. Marquee group mm-hmm. one and two tend yep. to follow the same stream. Right. Uh, then Friday afternoon, I go out for 18. I do nine late in the day. Saturday, I just do 18 in the morning. And then Sunday, I do 18 and then nine working with Andy North, Billy Kratzert. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a good walk. It's it a good walk, Carney. It's a flat walk. Thanks. Which those tee times are now officially out. So, yeah. Carney, do you know off the top of your uh, dome who I think you it's John Rum. Yeah. We're going with John. We're heading out with John Rom, and so John Rom and Carney and will be scored well here. Yep. Heading out okay. at seven fifty-six, teeing off at number ten. Yourself, John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy. Not a shabby. Not group. a bad group to go out. Yeah, with. Yeah. You'll 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 love that. All right, brother man. All right, we will good talk to see to you guys you as always right. over the course of the week. Jags going offense, defense, and pick twenty-four. Oh, defense. Uh, defense, defense, defense. Unless it's an offensive tackle, which yeah, eh, I don't know. We'll get into that and a whole lot yeah. more coming yeah. up next right here on XL Primetime. is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. We are hanging out at beautiful TPC Sawgrass, the Players' Stadium course. Military Appreciation Concert will be later, and we will have all of our shows. It will be coming not only today and tonight, throughout the week. So looking forward to seeing all of the 1010XLers, along with all you Nooners, out here over the course of the Players. We're talking about... A big-time purse, okay, $4.5 million to the winner, 600 FedEx Cup points, uh, and everything does set up for what should be a great week. Carney, Carney uh, treated it like it was carnage, okay, like it just beat his butt. And Carney I totally, sounds like he's, he's still, uh, still totally getting get triggered, it. still totally getting get triggered it. decades later. But we're going to say hello to a guy that, uh, well, he didn't necessarily make it look easy, but he did win twice. Steve Elkington will be coming up uh, in about 15 minutes, uh, two-time champion here uh, at – uh, the players. So looking forward to saying hello to him uh, as we keep it going with golf. Now we've been talking football too, so we got to keep that working as well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, we joke that this man is like a groundhog mm-hmm. because he needed to see, he needed to go into the darkness and then come out to see if he saw a shadow or not before he made any major life decisions. Leon, is it weird to you that the Green Bay media literally has to wait for Pat McAfee to announce whether or not Aaron Rodgers is on his program today? for them to know if they're getting any insight into the quarterback's life. Because I'm looking at this tweet from former SI reporter here in Jacksonville, now up in Green Bay with the um, – I want to make sure I say the right name. The, the Green Bay Press Gazette is who Cassidy Hill is with. And she tweets out, so this is typically the time of day when McAfee will share if Rodgers is coming on the program today and what time, no mention of a Rodgers appearance here. The fact that they have to wait on pins and needles to know if Aaron Rodgers is speaking – because he has to show up on the Pat McAfee show. No, well, listen, they tolerated this for years. The, the whole the whole Aaron Rodgers saga, I mean, it's been played, uh, is Groundhog Day. Every year, every year about this time, is, is, he, is he going, oh, look at that. 
Wow, look at What you. is going on? I go into the media center to get food? Taco Lou just showed up with a full slate Oh, my God. the hell with No one told me this was coming. Let's go. This was going to be a surprise. Yeah, we're not talking Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk about Taco Lou, and Taco's on 12 right now. The sweet sweet Don has come by. Uh, he is the Don of Tacos. He just taco came Royal. through big uh, time. Henry, his 21-year-old son. Oh, I nice. love it. Gosh, Welcome, dude. Henry. Well done. All right. Love wow. it. Love I love it. that. Well, I figured, you know, <laughs> since we're – Henry, I think you could throw on that extra headset. I think we still got one down yeah, there. there yeah, yeah, go yeah, for yeah. it, buddy boy. I think since we're throw right on the green. here – And I just, I'm right-handed, this is going to work. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. We got Henry. We got the Don. We're ready to rumble. say what's up, buddy. What's up? Yeah, all right. Everybody's good. Here we are. We're right here, and so I know you're right over there. And so I couldn't help but say hello and say, Donnie, come by, because he and I have a ritual every single (laughs) players. We have to do our own photo where we send it off to our buddy, Clinger. Oh, yeah, we're getting a selfie. You know, the famous famous Clinger. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll just reach right in right there. That's right. By the way. uh, There it is. Make sure it works. Boom, we, we got, got it. it. Del, right, so. Del on the text line says to save some tacos for JJ, please, for yeah, later exactly. in the week. We had enough for eight or ten days in a row, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so tell everybody, we're right here at Sawgrass Square, right behind 18. Tacos on 12 is an institution, so legendary spot. Tell everybody how they can find it. Oh, well, we're right behind 12 Green, which mm-hmm. is the easiest way to find it. But the truth is we're right next to 11T, right next to 13T. It's a pretty good spot, yeah. really, to go hang out. It's nice and quiet back there. It's a whole different environment from yeah. 17, which some people love and some people don't. Right. And the thing is, you've got these little circular areas where you can turn and see one shot. You yeah. can look and see somebody putt the other way while you're eating a taco, which is great. <laughs> now, people may not know. Yeah. Don, Donnie, Donnie Nickel, former JU golfer. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's got a, a stick. Know that. He's got a stick. Who do you like <laughs> this week? Uh, you know, I'm hoping Ricky plays like a – Mm-hmm. The superstar, and he's back. He's coming back. You know, Jordan could do it. He played great last week. Yeah. Justin's always there. You know, the usuals. Those guys are always fun to watch. His young son, golf fan? I watch sometimes, but I'm not really up on it. Yeah, no? Okay. Jaguar fan, Henry? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, what Big do we time. think? Uh, he, get, he gets to hang out with Trevor Lawrence on the patio every once in a while. He comes yeah. in and eats Serve him a couple tacos. <laughs> yeah. Love it, love What's it. What's his favorite? Say it again. His What's favorite? His, yeah. Bang a shrimp all oh, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't go wrong there. <laughs> Even if that's not his favorite, that's the best guess you can make. <laughs> without a doubt. That's, I think you don't see many tacos, many plates of food going out without a bang no. shrimp taco on it. Which we brought one bang in, a Baja fish. And, and Deb's, Verde. Deb's Verde. Henry's mom is Deb. Yep. And uh, that's her favorite salsa. So we ended up adding that chicken to the menu and we put that salsa on it. And I thought, well, it's Deb's the salsa. We're going to call it Deb's Verde. Yeah. Uh, Tago, so we name everything for somebody on this family on that menu. That's for sure. Henry, and of course his but, sister's Lucy. Yeah, but you. Uh, oh, we got the Don Patrol. We yeah, got Don yeah. the Magic Wand. Oh, there's plenty. Okay, there's there more go. coming I was too. Say, the, the Don of Tacos. Is I say, there's not sure. a lot of uh, original ideas on that menu, but yeah. There's a lot of good on that menu. Thank you. Once a week for me, man. Oh, cool. Awesome. Sure. We love it, dude. You got elk elk coming over here. Yeah. Well, elk is going to – I guess he stayed back in Texas, so we're going to call him on the phone. Oh, cool. I'm glad you were able to jump. you got your own golf cart. See, we don't have our own golf cart. Oh, yeah? Where do you want to go? (laughs) So, I'm going to text Henry and say, hey, can you come pick us up? Yeah. I'll come up real quick. Listen, we do it all the time. We're not – you know, come Thursday, we're not allowed to go a lot of places, but today and tomorrow we we go – we can do this. Yeah. And you got a six six top there. So you can move people around. You I know, text. that's actually my my golf cart from home. We just oh, bring it. And, beautiful. Uh, but, you know, back in the day, the catering was back here, and we would have to leave the tent. Yeah. 
you know, there's no more cash anymore. But when you had a big box full of cash, you don't want to walk around because the cater guys may not come and pick it up. Yeah, that's true. So we, we said, can we have the cart so we can go back and forth? And they made a big mistake and said, yeah, and we've had it every year. I don't know if we got grandfathered in or what. But All right, real quick, how many uh, tacos do you think you, you bang Dang out? Dang it, I knew you were going to ask this question. Yeah. And I, I need to, uh, over the I need to find that out. I'm going to come back this week and yeah. answer that. Yeah, we should make it. We should make it. Uh, uh, my fantastic girl woman Lindsay who helps me on the social media stuff, yeah said let's have a contest and I said that's what we got to do and yeah. then of course I saw something shining and forgot all about it <laughs> so um I, it's a lot and, oh, I, and, I mean it is a uh, banging we only have obviously we have chicken shrimp and the fish and the tempeh yeah which is for the veggies and the vegans but Right. Uh, because of the limited menu, chicken and shrimp are not so far apart, but right. you know, mostly it's banging shrimp by miles. Oh yeah, and I don't. Uh, we're gonna Henry, get remind me to do that. Yeah, we'll remind, figure it out. We'll come back and do it. We can get a, I got it. If we can get a thousand <laughs> count and just get somebody to guess and just kind of get an idea. <laughs> I've got a report. It's, I just, it'll take me two minutes to find it. I yeah. just got to go add it up. That's what All I got to right. do. All right. This big, day and age. Well, I was bro. hanging out with Lindsay this weekend, so I'm gonna make sure she oh, sees good. this video oh, cool. that we just posted and make sure that the good people know that the good people of Taco Lou are hanging out on 12. Okay, cool. There are, you know, way back. When, where Taco Lou is now, it was the homestead, and that was an institution yeah. for a lot of PGA Tour golfers. And yeah. now Taco Lou. I remember much. when I was, you know, when I was at JU back in the yeah. way back. If you wanted to see Nicholas or Wisecup, that's how old it was. Yeah, uh, that's, exactly that's where you go. The homestead, yeah, right. Yeah. right. So we like to think that maybe Lou's a place to see people this year or every year, but uh, yeah. you never really know. It's a Mexican homestead. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Everybody was freaked out about it earlier. I'm like, man, this looks like every taco place you've ever been to in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Minus the abuela in the corner making tortillas. Yeah. Well, listen, it's 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 an awesome spot. That's for sure. Thanks, uh, dude, for dropping by. Sure. Henry, thanks, man. Thanks Hopefully for having we'll see me. you guys over the course of the uh, of the week. Yeah. We may slide over your way. Just it is. We can do this every day. You guys got to eat, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll make a lemon pepper it. taco for you. Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. I don't, I, this guy's a genius. He's a genius. My That's on the menu. Lemon pepper. Pepper. <laughs> All right, fellas, thank you very much. Well, Appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Thanks, right, fellas. Appreciate it. Turn well those off. All right, Leon, before we let you go after that amazing interruption, because we needed that, there, that's yeah. for certain, I have to ask Aaron Rodgers, 1.32 p.m., Tuesday, March 7th, where is Aaron Rodgers going? Where is Aaron Where Rodgers? Aaron he met with the New York Jets this morning. Before, before we had our tacos, we were about to say that he met with the <laughs> New York Jets this morning. He is interested, but he is not definitively going. Where do you foresee Mr. Rogers he's heading? He's going to the Jets. He is I, going to I, the Jets. I think he's going to go to the Jets. I, I think the you Jets. You do, huh? I think organizationally they are quarterback away. They realize that. They got a vaunted defense. They've got they've got good young receivers that he can help. Hopefully he can help Tulich. Right. You know, help them to mature. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they've got to raise the – listen, you got to raise the stakes in that division because, I mean, Buffalo is just going to run rampant. I think if you bring Aaron Rodgers to that division, maybe you got a little say so now. Who wins it? All right, I was. Yet another mega quarterback. All right, hang on. Let me get you back up. I said just yet another mega quarterback in the AFC now. Yeah. All right. So where are the Jets? Just in terms of available dollars that's out there, the Giants are up there. The Jets are kind of down right now, 19th according to Spot Track as far as what's available. Uh, They don't have a whole lot. And so I really don't know how they're going to do this deal if they do do it. Now, this has been talked about. Orlovsky and several others have said, you know, you got to make the decision. Mm-hmm. You're going to let go of a lot of talent just to get that guy, and then how good are you going to be? I don't know. I don't know. Well, how long? What's the alternative? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Zach Wilson. That's true. Right, because yeah. at this well, point in time, they've already hedged their luck. They didn't get Derek Carr. Yeah. I guess Jimmy Garoppolo's on the open market. I said this, I believe, either on our show or another one yesterday. Like, 
you literally, at least your fan base, slandered Jimmy Garoppolo as mm -hmm. like a last resort. You oh, really, yeah. you really think he's going to pick up the phone and want to come after no. everything that's been said? Well, who, yeah. Who yeah. moves the needle? Yeah. Oh, oh. That guy does. Yeah. That's for sure. Hello, again, like right. we said, the, the Green Bay media is having to wait on pins and needles just for Pat McAfee's show every to, Tuesday to, to know whether or not they're going to mm -hmm. hear from him. Yep. Big Sirs, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Appreciate it. And those tacos. All day. Yeah, we got, absolutely. We, we got, got Steve Elkin coming up. Yes, we do. We do. And, of course, we appreciate all the sounding off. Who's your player's pick? What do you think of Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Richardson, and a whole lot more on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. So hit us up, 641-1010. And, of course, you can stop on by and say hi. We are at Sawgrass Square right here at TPC Sawgrass for the 2023 Players' Championship. Now. Yeah. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Pleasure to say hello to a two-time winner here at the Players' Championship as we are right on this beautiful grounds of the stadium course at TP Sawgrass. And we wel welcome in Australian Steve Elkington who joins us now. Elk, welcome in. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys down there? <laughs> We're, we're doing great. Uh, we, we love catching up with you when you're here. We'll let people know what you are doing. But every time we come here, we think of some of the great champions. And we were just kind of rattling off the list, Elk, of all these great winners that we've had. And you're a two-time winner. How hard is it to win this golf tournament once, much less win it twice? Well, you know, what do they say this week? It's like four point five million dollars for yes, the winner this week. You could use that. That, <laughs> that, that was that be that be get your uh, get your attention coming down the stretch. You know when 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 the tour rolled through. You know Jacksonville when you know back in the nineties when I was there. You know I wasn't even married in nineteen ninety one when I won the first tournament. I finished up winning the winning the tournament and getting a ten year exemption, which was enormous at the time. Um, this course has changed a little bit over the years. It's still basically the same, but it's, you know, it requires so much uh, ball striking from the player that wins it. You know, it's, it's basically a, sort of a week where, you know, you've got to be just so on with your irons as far as pin high shots. There's so many, I mean, I'm sure you've played the course, there's so many shots on the front nine, on, you know, in the middle of the round before you even get to, you know, the 17, 18. There's so many difficult shots, and, and if you're not on, and I heard there's rough this week, and the greens are okay, I mean, you know, you got no chance if you're not driving it anywhere, you know, you know in the fairway. Yeah, those first few holes after the turn, Steve, uh, they're not for the faint of heart, I will say that much. Two-time players champion Steve Elkington joining us on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. So you like that this tournament is in March. You want it to stay in March, I take it then, in terms of the course conditions and how it plays different than May. Well, you know, I like where it sits on the calendar. You know, it, it always felt right, you know, before the Masters. You know, I... I, you know, in 1997, when I was lucky enough to win this tournament for the second time, that was just a couple of weeks later when I tell my son this is when Tiger Woods, uh, you know, turned into Tiger Woods when he won the Masters by 12 shots, you know, three weeks later. I always remind my son that I actually beat Tiger. You know, I have to show him that, that, that scoreboard from 97, <laughs> but um, where I just ripped into him, you know. But, um, no, I do like it in March. I think it's a, it's a great position for this event. Steve, the, mo the money, you talked spoke earlier about the $4.5 million. How does that increase the pressure on the weekend, the Saturday and the Sunday, when, you know, moving day and then, of course, Sunday, the, the big day? Well, I think if you're, you know, if you're in it, um, 
if you're in the hunt, there's so much in front of you golf-wise, you can't really, you know, you can't really think about the 4.5. I mean, I could sit here and say you're not really thinking about it, but, but obviously it's important. I think someone said the top five, the top five make over a million this week. That's wild. I mean, it's a lot. And um, that's great. Um, I think, you know, it's it's so physical to play this course. You've just got to play so well. Uh, that's 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 the main focus on the weekend. You'll see you'll see some guys get off some good starts, and you'll see some lesser names, um, you know, up there. But as the weekend comes through, you'll start to see everything shift a little bit. There's a lot of guys that are playing really good golf right now. You know, you know. You name it, Rahm, Scheffler, Rory, you know, Spieth, all these guys. Um, I'm not picking any of those this week. I'm looking more at a guy that's kind of hot and has been out of the limelight. It's been in there enough. I'm looking at Keegan Bradley for some reason. I'm, I handicapped the field today, and I was like, this guy just shot 66 at Bay Hill. He's had some good finishes out in the West Coast. He's, he's trending in the right direction. I, I'm looking for a sneaky guy to sneak up under all these top names. I do love that. We're going to get you to give the listeners out there a little, uh, you know, betting tip here or there, and then also how they can get involved with what you do. Because, you know, Keegan, I, I think to myself that he's a guy that just still struggles with his putter. It frustrates the heck out of him, but he is a very good ball striker. Going back to your days when you won here twice, what was the most important piece of your game that, that led to the win? Ball striking. Okay. You know, I had a reliable tee shot that I could get in play. You really only have to hit, you know, there's only two holes, number two and number 16. There's only, those two holes are really the only two holes that require you to move the ball right to left. The rest of it, you can move left to right. Now, when I think of a guy that wins this tournament, you know, whether you think of Cal Pete, who was the straightest hitter I'd ever seen, and you think about a guy currently today that has that kind of sort of automatic down the middle, I think of a guy like Karin Morikawa but he doesn't have a very good record at this tournament. And I've seen guys, you know, like DJ Singh or Jim Furyk that are super players that never won this tournament. And I wonder sometimes, you know, is it their strategy? Is it, you know, are they playing it wrong or they can't overlay their good, their good idea onto this course or what? But it certainly, this course certainly uh, favors certain players, it seems. And the guys that do play well here, like a Keegan Bradley, they seem to keep doing it. And the guys that don't, they seem to not keep playing well here either. A couple more for two-time players champion Steve Elkington on the Fair and Fair phone line. Steve, outside of you, as you scroll through the list of previous players champions, I think you and Tiger Woods are the only two-time winners, if I'm correct, over the last 25 years or so. But when you look at the previous champions over the past five, six years, there's certainly some names that'll be in the field this week that could challenge once again. Rory McIlroy, a T2 a week ago. Justin Thomas has had his ups and downs coming back to win the players, or excuse me, the PGA Championship last year. What do you think of some of those previous champions, whether it's Rory, whether it's Justin, Webb Simpson, Siwoo Kim, Jason Day, and their chances this weekend? Yeah, all of those guys that you mentioned are all, you know, they're all one, they're all capable. They there's a bit of a blueprint of how to win this tournament. You know, you've, you've got you've to make decisions on this course. If you do get out of position, what you're going to do. For example, if you, you know, if you, I'm going to try to pick a hole that, you know, everyone may know, but even like 18, right? 18, Pete Dye was a, was a great designer. He, I think I read a quote, he says, my courses aren't hard, I just make them look hard. But, but they're really kind of hard. You know, 18, you're, 
you want to go to the right. You don't want to, you know, you see all that water on the left. It makes you want to hit out to the right. Well, if you can knock it down the left, down near the water, it, it, it makes the hole simple. It, it, you know, it's an easy hole once you hit a great tee shot. But, um, you know, it has a lot to do with the design. I mean, you, you spoke of, uh, I like Siwoo Kim this week. He won out in, in uh, Hawaii. He, uh, you know, JT, of course, always right there. You mentioned them all there. They can do it. Um, it's just, I think it's going to be a matter. There's a lot of rough out here. Is that right? There's, there's a lot yeah. of rough? Yeah. 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 And, and the other thing, because you know, it just, it's been so warm. There hasn't been a whole lot of rain. I don't know how that's, you know, how that's going to affect that rough. Yeah. I mean, if they've got a lot of rough, that means the smart players are going to probably lay up more. They'll lay up off the tee, hit three woods, hit long irons to get it in position because <clears throat> at the end of the day, we saw it last week with uh, Kurt Kitayama at Bay Hill. He led the field in greens and reg. Um, all those big stars around him, you know, he beat them from two to green basically last week. I think it's going to be much the same this week. I mean, you're going to have to you're going to have to lead the field in greens and reg if you really want to play, you know, a little less stress, right? You might have some guys. I don't think Jordan Spieth hits it straight enough. I want him to. He's my favorite guy to watch competitor-wise, but I don't know if he can hit it straight enough in this rough that you're talking about and still play this course good. Yeah, it does seem like he's fighting his tee shot and he's fighting his putter. So I may ask you here real quick if you can fix his putting. But before we get to that, uh, Secret Golf, tell everybody what you're doing and how they can get involved and kind of take a look at uh, some odds. Well, yeah, no, we well we have an app called SG Tour in the App Store, which is, you know, we, we do golf pools, golf gaming, so you can – you can play along with us this week. We do all. You, you can go in there and look at our media. We have a ton of media. Diane Knox, who's sister to Russell Knox, she's down there on site. She's she's doing a bunch of interviews with our players. We have about thirty guys that we that contribute to all of our content. So, you know, we're having fun with all that. Um, we do handicap the field, and you can go in there and look at that under media. But you know, I just basically take a I take a, a heat map on you know what these guys have done for the last seven weeks and I sort of track I'm a, I think stats are about 30% of it. I think another 30% of it is um, current form and then I think the last 30% is sort of could be anything. Could be how he feels, could be uh, you know, likes the course, course history could be, you know, found something got a, you know, whatever but stats don't, do not tell the whole story. Never has. Tell some of it. Now, Steve, before we let you go, uh, I do see you are not only a resident of Houston, Texas, you attended the University of Houston. Not sure how closely you follow that basketball program, but obviously very. Houston. Very. Okay. So I, I am an AP Top 25 voter. I do have Houston as my number one team in the country. Tell me, though, Steve, why you anticipate them going to the Final Four, being a contender in March Madness? Well, Bill Worrell who is, was the commentator of the Rockets, was a University of Houston grad, and he, you know, he's all things basketball at University of Houston. And, and, of course, Jim Nance, who was one of my roommates in college, is going to be giving away the trophy. This will be his last Final Four, which will be in Houston. Probably you know all that. But they tell me that the two things that are the most key, crucial in the tournament is uh, team defense and guard play. Now, we don't have a big guy like Purdue, do, Purdue does, but... We have probably the best team defense, and we have the two best point guards. So they all say we're in it, and uh, how could we not be? We're number one. Uh, we, you know, we're playing great. And Coach Sampson's—he's—he's he's a bit of a freak at when it 
sort of seems to me, you know, the strength of his coaching is he finds out what the other team's doing and, and our defense takes it away from them. And we seem to surge ahead in the second half. And that's, that's the way it's been for us this year, at least in my view. Yeah, and a huge shot on Sunday for Houston to keep it rolling the way they have. I'll agree with you. That's what a good head coach should do, Elk. They should make sure that whatever I'm going to defend what you do best and make you figure out another way to beat me. And I think that is good coaching no matter what sport we're talking about. Yep, I think I, think I agree with that. And, Elk, since we're on the subject, we should probably ask you, your, your good friend, your college roommate, Jim Nance, obviously this will be his final Final Four. He is going to continue calling golf. He's going to continue calling basketball here and there and then calling the foot, and calling the NFL. But for you, emotions, knowing that this is the last ride and it all is going to end where you guys met at the University of Houston and in the city of Houston. Yeah, with, with Nance, yeah, Nance is, Nance is the king. I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's just He's just sort of. You know, taking a break, I think, from – you never know what he's going to do, but he's the best, no doubt about it. Um, you know, he, he was on the golf team, and our coach said, look, you're not going to make it in golf. You're either going to be – you know, work for CBS Sports or you're going to be the president of the United States, and I think he probably could have done either. But um, he's he's definitely a lot of our heroes, uh, Nance is. He's just so thoughtful. He's such a good friend, and he's so good at what he does. And he'll be certainly missed in NCAA basketball, but – hey, we still got him in golf, right? We'll be listening to him in a couple of weeks with Augusta. Exactly. We'll be treated to that. Leave us with one quick thought, if you don't mind. Steve Elkington, two-time players champion, played at the, at the game's highest level. Uh, are we going to have a, a, a fix or an end to what is going on in the sport right now with Liv trying to pull players over with the tour, making some significant changes? Just, just a quick thought as you watch this all unfold. Yeah, I hate I hate to see my friend Cam Smith not playing this week. And you know, I I, I think you know the, the all the majors have said, hey, we're going to let everybody play, and that brings the question: Are you happy? The tour? Are we happy with the majors having thirty better players than we do this week? We used to say, hey, this was the best tournament, this was the best, the strongest field. We can't say that anymore. And you know. I'd like to see, at the very least, I'd like to see the tour let them play this one as a, you know, let's get, let's get this thing back to where we've got five giant tournaments again. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good answer, and we'll see where it goes from here. They're definitely trying to make as many moves as they can uh, to get the game's best together as often as possible. Uh, uh, Steve, thank you very much for your time, man. Uh, we'll send them a secret golf to the SG Tour app uh, and make sure that they play along and have fun. But we really appreciate your time. Yeah, all the best. I know Jack's Jack's Beach supports this event. It's always massive. I love it. I'll be watching. Thanks a lot, y'all. Thank you. Steve Elkington, two-time champion here at the Players. And I'm telling you, I watched him that last year. I don't know how many one-putts he had, but he was unstoppable and just threw dart after dart after dart at at, at irons or at flags with his iron play. He's 100% on that. That second shot, so important. And he won the 1995 PGA Championship. But other than that, T3 at the Masters in 93, T2 at the Open. T21, his highest finish at the U.S. Open, but for whatever the reason, the Magic came out when he arrived at Ponte Vedra and the Players' Championship. But as he mentioned too, Joe, you need to have a complete game, and there is a bit of a formula for conquering oh. this golf course. 
so long as the weather cooperates. Yeah. And we will get, us, get an idea of what this rough looks like and how challenging it is going to be and if the wind is going to be up. That's going to be another part of this. Uh, we're going to keep it on golf. We're going to get to football, too. Our head coach is here, Coach Campo. Uh, as He has those Texas ties. He was smiling when he was hearing the stories uh, that Elk was talking uh, from Houston back in the day. So we'll say hello to our, our uh, head coach, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, bringing you today's show. Don't forget Beaver Toyota St. Augustine.com, BeaverChevrolet.com. They're ready to take care of you, and we hope we'll see you out here at the players. Let's welcome in XL Primetime's coach, Dave Campo. Good looking man. He's a football coach in a golf world today, but he's got a big smile. He's got the 1010 XL shirt on. He's all fired up, ready to go, aren't you? Aren't you? Yeah, listen, golf is a lot to me like skiing. And when I say that, it's because I enjoyed being on the mountain more than I actually enjoyed the skiing. It's the same with this, because I enjoy being out here, but I cannot play golf with a Carlos Caballos. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I think there's more of us that are closer to you when right, it comes to right. our golf game than we're willing to admit, Coach. Uh, that is for sure. We all think we're superstars. Uh, and we all just keep coming back. I told Big Vic, my neighbor, I said, you know, golf, you know, the famous saying, it's a lot like life. As soon as you get out of one hole, you start heading for another. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, the Jaguars have clawed their way out of a hole. We'll use this as a nice segue. They are much better with Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and all the other guys that they got. Now they got some tough decisions to make. They made the decision to tag Evan Ingram. So let's start there. Uh, what do you think the play is now? How hard or how easy will it be to get him long-term locked up? Well, I think they'll work extremely hard on it because it saves them money in the long run. You yeah. know, if they can get a deal done and they get it in there, you know, I hear Trent say all the time, Joe, about win-win situation. If they can yep. get a win-win situation, then they're going to do it. If not, they won't, you know, because they've got them for another year. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, again, they could always tag them again if they had to. Right. So, uh, to me, I think they're going to try to get him. Because I think he's shown that he can make a big difference in, in the way this offense runs. And so we'll see what happens there. All right, I want to veer off the Jags real quick because this just came out. Um, according to Dan Graziano of ESPN, the talks between Aaron Rodgers and the Jets will continue into today. So and you and I, just in the break, we're talking about quarterbacks, talking about Anthony Richardson and why it's so important with these guys. And how now I'm saying you're seeing they're giving up on these guys. We're two years in now with Zach Wilson. They're moving on. It, they know they made a bad pick. They made a bad pick, you know, with, with Sam Darnold as well, four or five years earlier. It doesn't matter anymore right now with quarterbacks, right? Once, once, you, once you have to move, you've got to move. And, and that's really uh, the case because, uh, in all honesty, if you didn't have something and you took something and it doesn't work out, get out of it. Mm -hmm. Don't try to make chicken salad out of chicken you know what. Right. And, and the, the problem that you is it's not very many of those guys around. So it's not easy to just go from one to one to one unless you might be able to get a, a, an Aaron Rodgers where you he may not be the same as he was five, seven years ago, but you know he improves your football team. And if you feel comfortable that your defense is good enough, you want to have a chance at least to take your offense and give you a chance to, to go forward, which, which the, the Jets, Jets are. Is good, yeah. you know, so you know, to me, I think they'll make a push for it. Uh, giving up, uh, they saw some really bad things, obviously, to give up that quickly on a number one pick. So we've hit Evan Ingram. 
We've hit Aaron Rodgers. Let's also touch on Lamar Jackson because we really haven't talked a whole lot about him. The franchise tag needs to be placed on players by 4 p.m. today if it is going to be placed, Coach Gampo. There were also rumors yesterday that the Ravens could place the non-exclusive tag on Lamar. Now it looks like it'll be more of the franchise tag. The non-exclusive tag would allow Lamar to negotiate with other teams. So my question for you is Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, where are they both going to be playing in 2023? If you had to put a guess on it right now at 208, Tuesday, March 7th. Well, I think Lamar will be right there in Baltimore. I think they'll make the move. I don't think that they're ready to make a move. And, and this kid is still a good player, a really good player. Uh, so I believe they'll make that move. Uh, when you look at uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think it's a crapshoot. I really think that he will make a decision based on whether or not he wants to go through the the struggle of mm -hmm. going through uh, another, in, in essence, a rebuild. It's really not a rebuild because I think they have some good people in place. Good defense. But that one is, yeah. is going to be one. I don't know that they have receivers that make him that much better. Yeah, well, they got the rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson, and they, it's so funny that – or are you referring to Green Bay yeah, or New yeah. York as having Green Bay? Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. So no, he's referring. But that's the known yeah. though, right? Yeah. But that's yeah. the known for. But I'm just saying, right. you, you got the rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson up in New York, which is a nice piece. But don't forget what Christian Watson was at the end of the year. I would contend he was better than Garrett Wilson. Honestly, he had eight straight games catching touchdowns. I mean, yeah. The guy was really, really good. And he was a guy Coach it, Campo well, was I high loved on. Him. Oh, you yeah, loved during the draft him. process. I loved him. Yeah. And, and that, that, was a, that was a payoff player right there in the second half of the season. Yep, that's true. Uh, now, uh, this is a total out of the, out of the uh, blue theory. He looked like a rag bag, Aaron Rodgers did, the last however long you can remember, right? He's doing psychedelics, letting his hair grow out, putting the, the man bun together and all that stuff, right? He comes <laughs> out of he comes he comes out of the the you know underground seclusion and he doesn't go right back on Pat McAfee's show. He goes on somebody else's show and what does he do? He gets all cleaned up. He looked like he was completely manicured. And then I thought to myself Oh, my gosh. He is going to New York. <laughs> he is ready for Madison Avenue. He is flat going to New York. That may be the key. Yeah. You may already know the answer right now because because when he's smoking hubbly-bubbly, he's not in real good-looking shape. No. I can tell you that right yeah, now. But exactly. if he goes to New York, he's got to go in with the right frame of mind. And, yeah. and uh, you know, he can make a lot more money there. There's no question. Well, he, he gets the himself taxes, into, too. He can pay a lot more taxes. Well, right. but at the yeah. same time, New York. Yeah. New York. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, New York, New York. Is and there I, something to be said, though, Coach Campo? Sorry to cut you off, yeah. Matt. Is there something to be said, though, about the fact that he's been in this little bubble in Green Bay where the Packers, similar to Jacksonville here, obviously we love the PGA Tour, we love the Players' Championship, Daytona down the road, but the Jags are the draw. It's even worse in Green Bay, especially because it's a publicly owned franchise because people have invested their family and their inheritance in that franchise. They are the focal point. He goes to New York, and obviously he'll be the focal point of – you know, media reports and tabloids, but it's not the nice little safe haven that Green Bay can be. Am, am I wrong in saying that? Well, I think you're right, but I don't think that makes too much difference with a guy that's at the end of his career. And he's he looks at he's going to look at it and he's going to say, hey, look, they got a good defense. They came out and said to somebody, and I think it was Derek Carr, mm -hmm. that he could be uh, a Hall of Famer here in New York. If he thinks he can up his stock, make a little bit more money at the end, 
he'll make that move. Yeah, it's money is what it is. Absolutely. He's got two, three years left. He's going to make as much money as he possibly but, can. But it, it, at least for the here and now, wherever he's at, he's making that money. Oh, he's making good money. Yeah, yeah, that no contract's doubt. that but contract. To, but, right, but to Coach's point, once you get in that media market – Everything well, then the up endorsement parts. That's but, what I'm talking right, about. Right, the endorsement part. But I, I, I sit, that's why I thought it got cleaned up. But I sit there and I fight it. Like, is he going to follow the exact same path that Brett Favre took? Because it, it seemed to me that he probably wanted to separate himself from that. I'm a Green Bay quarterback. I, I look like I'm a Green Bay quarterback for life. And then I just decide to have a, a mood swing and head on to New York and the Big Apple. I, I think the same team. that's why it's the speculation. It's yeah. all speculation. We, yeah. we don't have any – none of us have any idea, including me, right. on whether or not he's going to the Jets or staying with Green Bay. Yeah. But I do feel like uh, he does believe that he can make a difference of whether or not a team wins the whole thing or not. All right, know, so, it gives him yeah. a chance anyway. So back to the draft real quick. Anthony Richardson, you All saw right, what he did the yeah, combo. Let's hold that. Yeah, let's, put a, let's yeah. stick a pin in that because yeah. we do have to hit a break. Um, but when we come back, let's make it all. What, what, are we under attack? Uh, <laughs> are we under attack? No, I swear we're not. Angels. It's just it's just the Blue Angels, uh, the beautiful wind, the beautiful breeze here at TPC Sawgrass. You know what it is? There's a flyover later with the military appreciation concert. So they're, they're practicing. Just, yeah, probably just doing a little dress rehearsal. That's not what they're practicing for, Coach. Make sure that they get the, the engines fired. It's XL Prime Time. Thanks to Beaver <laughs> Chevy. Thanks to Beaver Toyota. We are hanging out on a beautiful Tuesday. Yes, military appreciation. The concert coming later. Riley Green will be on stage right there at 17. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. First things first, got to thank the Don. The good good folks at Taco Lou, Henry, his son, for stopping by. These tacos they delivered are Uh, absolutely spectacular. Spielberg got a hold of them, too. Spielberg just absolutely obliterated his taco lid. Yeah, so, I am impressed. That might have been a new world record, um, but gr- unreal. Yeah, the great Don uh, of tacos, he said, uh, I'll see y'all tomorrow. I'm like, okay, they I just like weave, weave on down in their little uh, golf cart. So like we appreciate Taco Lou. We appreciate Coach Campo hanging with us on a lovely Tuesday at the Players' Championship. XL Primetime rolling with you until 3 p.m. Before we circle back to the NFL Combine and Anthony Richardson's performance, I do want to read you guys this one mm-hmm. off the Twitter machine. Yeah. So, there were a couple different reports floating around yesterday, one according to the Rich Eisen Show, and Dov Kleeman tweeted it out, that Tom Brady, quote, might not be done after all with his playing in the NFL, according to the Rich Eisen Show, who (laughs) talked to people in Indy, quote, folks are keeping an eye on Miami. Tom Brady has now responded. He, quote, tweeted that and said, anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter. Oh, what a, what a, what a great answer. What a great answer. As soon as he said, I'm going to take a year, I told you all this, as soon as he said, I'm going to take a year to study the game before I go into the booth, I'm like, okay. Well, Herb took some time up. off to study too, lest we forget. <laughs> he, well, he's opened up negotiations once again uh, to where someone can come woo him uh, out of retirement. Now, remember, Stephen Ross – there's a reason why Miami isn't picking in the first round because there was some shenanigans going down there uh, trying to lure him as a part owner and all kinds of other things. So who knows whether that would be a possibility down in Miami. So now, AR. Well, I mean, of course he's not done playing, right? Yeah. I mean, of course. I think he's done. Uh, physically, I think he's done. Mentally, he all may right. not be done. All right. So, Dave, um, I'm asking this because you 
of all of us here at this table have experience in this situation. You guys drafted Quincy mid to late first round, right? Quincy Carter. No, it wasn't first round. It Where was, was it? It was the second. Second, okay. But he had fallen because there were some issues and some some character issues. Former but, Georgia Bulldog but, went to the Cowboys. Right, a, an immense talent as far as physically, athletically, just a great talent, but a lot of questions about how it played out on the field. So as a coach, how do you deal with that when you get him in that building – you know, how do do you immediately go after him aggressively, coach him up, or do you kind of like kid gloves a little bit? How does it work? Well, it kind of depends on who your owner is and general manager is. <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, uh, you know, listen, uh, you guys, I think, have heard the story where uh, we had Tony Banks there, and uh, it's my last year, mm-hmm. and we're getting ready to go to training camp, and he was the starting quarterback, and and uh, Quincy was the backup. And we're first day all the way through OTAs. That's the way it went. We get into training camp, and uh, first day, that's the way it is. After practice, Jerry calls me down, and he said, hey, Dave, look. He said, "Uh, I know you're not going to like this, but we think for the best for the the club going forward that we're going to start Quincy Carter. So I said, Jerry, I said, you know I'm a company man, but – He's not ready to start. And, and uh, he said, well, I know that, but this is what we're going to do. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm always, you know, like everybody, I'm thinking ahead. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, hey, look, uh, we'll start Quincy Carter here in the, pre, in the in training camp. After two games, they'll figure out that he's not good enough. Right. We'll go back to Tony Banks. We'll win eight games. Everything is perfect. You'll right. save your job. Yeah. So <laughs> I get up, and I said, okay. And I start to walk out, and I get about two feet from the door. And he says, oh, by the way, Dave, we're cutting Tony Banks today. <laughs> so in answer to your question, we went, had to go after him right away and try to coach him up and get him going because he was the guy from the very beginning. But what a surreal thought as a head coach to be directed by the general manager slash owner slash president slash all things. It, that is a helpless feeling, is it? it that not? also could happen to this day, right? Oh yeah. That yes. also could happen at different franchises, yes, not yes. just the Cowboys. I was going to say that could happen this year with I don't know, maybe the Indianapolis Colts yeah. and Jim Irsay, who, in, by all accounts, seems hell bent on drafting the next quarterback, now, despite Matt Ryan being under contract. Well, you already did it once uh, during the season. Well, you know, I have no ego, which mm-hmm. I think you guys know after mm-hmm. all this is going on, right? Normally, someone wouldn't even say that because it's kind of demeaning in a way, obviously. But the game is what's important to me. And and my whole thing was, you know, this is not the ideal situation, but I am one of 32. Right. And so, you know, I thought I could get it done regardless of what happens. But, you know, it doesn't work out all the time. But that's an example of it right there. Now, a guy like uh, uh, Richardson. I think we talked about it earlier. You know, that's the one position where you are willing to gamble because, in all honesty, if you don't have something and then you take it and it doesn't work out, you get rid of it and go to the next one. And and if you if you didn't take the chance on it, mm-hmm. then you're still where you were before. You don't have anything. So it, it is worth a gamble if a guy has a lot of the tools that you're looking for. So just boiling down what you have seen of Anthony Richardson, and this is what happens this time of the year, Coach, it's almost like they ignore the tape. So what are, what did that workout make 
general managers, coaches, whomever in a franchise, maybe start start thinking, oh, you know what? This might be the guy. Like, what's going through their mind? Well, they've looked through the tape. They know who, who he is, right. you know, as far as those kind of things. And I've heard Matt say it all the time. I've heard you and Mia say it all the time. Everybody in the league thinks they can fix you. You know, so, so if there's technique situations, which I've heard said mm-hmm. that it's a mm-hmm. footwork situation, mm-hmm. then, then watching him in that setting of how well he threw the ball, how well he threw the deep ball, mm-hmm. it showed there is some ability to uh, get the ball where it has to be gotten. Right. Now, uh, you know, so all it did is reinforce those things. The, 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 this guy's explosive. He's fast. He's got a really strong arm. He can throw the deep ball. It looked like he did it with accuracy. I watched mm-hmm. yeah. his throws. I mean, there was some accurate throws. There's no there. bullets flying, though. But there's nothing coming at him. Yeah. And he's not having to make quick decisions. And so it's a gamble. But, you know, that's what you get out of Listen, the combine in every situation. There's a guy, I can tell you a guy right now. Let me just really quickly pull this guy up. You pull him up because my next question was, of course, we have to let the listeners know, Coach Campo is in the midst of a hell of a sports week because he went to the Tampa Bay Lightning game last weekend. He went to a Yankee spring training game. So I'm, I'm glad to hear he did still catch some of the combine, and now he'll be out here with us at the players this week. He's a tireless worker and a consumer of all and, things sports. And, Coach, I, I want to make this point very clear here too. Yeah, real quick, though? real quick, very clear. It's not like Anthony Richardson was poor the entire season. There were games where he played well. Correct. Inconsistent yeah. is what I look at yeah. him as. And, and everybody thinks they can fix inconsistency. Right. And maybe they can. Let me, I'll give you two things real mm-hmm. quick. Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. had everything. Right. Everybody's seen it. Right. Everything. He comes in and they go one and whatever. Right. Minus five uh, interception to touchdown. Yeah. yeah. So guys do get better. Mm-hmm. And some of it was accuracy. Some of it was the ability of the coaches to get the best out of the kid, whatever. Mm-hmm. But here's what the combine does. Here's a, here's a great example of it. Here's a kid by the name of, uh, uh, from Maryland, mm-hmm. a corner, by the name of Jacorian Bennett. Yep. Yeah. Nobody really knows Jacorian Bennett. They know he's out there. The, the grades on him are probably that he's going to be a uh, backup. Uh, Fourth rounder, I think they yeah, have him. Uh, Fourth uh, or fifth uh, rounder. Uh, 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 you know, practice squad guy, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden he, he comes out and runs fastest. a four three. Yeah, he'll, he'll be that's, a first rounder. That's an answer to your question. What does a guy see at the combine? That doesn't make him a football player or right, any better exactly. grade. But what it does do, it says, you know what? I better go back and look at that guy yeah. a little bit more, and I better so make not sure. Not only him, his teammate on yeah. the other side well, of the, the field other guys also be ran a four three. Absolutely. So, you're so saying both of them are going to go high now. It, right. li- it lights the lamp. And yes, the, and the Maryland pass defense was bad last year. Yeah. yeah, so it, it lights the lamp. All of a sudden, yeah. you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. What, yeah. what did I miss? Okay, I got you. I got you. So, Coach, you did watch a little bit of Combine then in the yes. midst of your crazy sports week. Anybody else that stood out besides, obviously, the headliner for you, for everyone, and Anthony Richardson? Anybody else you came away with and you said, hey, I didn't know that name. Maybe now I do. Well, the two tight ends, mm-hmm. which is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it's going to be us right? because of the, the franchise tag. But Kimball and Mayer. Both those guys are really good-looking athlete football players for big guys, and that's yeah. kind of what I look at is the big, big guys. You know what 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 can they do athletically, mm-hmm. and that's really what you're looking at. You're looking at the athletic ability, and there were a lot of guys that stick out. Uh, 
the kid from Michigan, the big corner. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have great grades on him either, but he ran a 4-2 something, whatever it is, a 4-2-8. DJ Turner. Turner, yeah. He's you know. the fastest guy at the combine. Yeah. That's true. It's Only guy to run sub 4-3. Yeah, and, and like fourth or fifth best in history. But right? At, the, right, but at, the, at least he had a career where he had like I think 26 pass breakups. Right. He right. was out there playing well out right. there at least. Right. The guys at Maryland, their pass defense was 10th in the Big Ten. Yeah. Exactly. And they're both going to be quarters. late one or early mm-hmm. two, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, All right, Coach, hanging out with us for one more segment. We've got the Francis Show coming up. They're going to be here as we are right on this beautiful green, lush lawn, the Sawgrass Square area where you can come on by. they got restaurants set up, of course, cold beers, cold ultras, uh, all right here between 10 and 18. We'd love to see you. Uh, it is XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. We are almost done. We got the Brangy Show coming up right after we are off the air. Military Appreciation Day and the concert tonight. So you know there will be plenty of people pouring in either down A1A or Nocatee Parkway. So give yourself a little extra time if you are heading out. You got your normal Ponte Vedra traffic about this time. You've got uh, kids getting out of school, all that stuff. So JTV was actually kind of pleasant driving home from 1010XL World Headquarters yesterday, dare I say. Yeah, it it just depends on the time of day, you know, because it'll just – it's so unpredictable. And I know everybody else out there already knows this. There's a lot of people (laughs) on these roads. Okay, I don't care what day or time we're talking about, uh, that's for sure. All right, we got Coach Campbell for one more second before we get ready uh, to head out and hand it off to the Frangie Show. And, you know, the vibe is good right now, Coach, with the, the news of Calvin Ridley. And, you know, we, we touched on it just for a second, but, but just go back to that as we wrap up our Jaguar conversation. As soon as it became official yesterday, I looked at Matt and I'm like, that guy is going to take a safety with him. You know, that's basically what it is. And then we started picking numbers, you know, how many touchdowns each one of these guys is going to get. I mean, that's what he'll do. He will take extra coverage his way. There's no question. I mean, that, that might uh, bear out in the long run as being maybe the biggest acquisition, one of the biggest acquisitions this, uh, this organization has made because there are no free agents out there. You know, that to get a guy that has a chance, and I'm, right. I'm, all, I'm saying chance like we all are because he's been out for a year. What does that do? I, I, hopefully not much. But with that in mind, uh, you know, to get a, a number one receiver at this particular time was a great move. And hopefully he's going to make a big, big difference because it, it just opens up a lot of stuff, which they have not had here. You know what it really does, too, and I was thinking about this, is it's clearly it opens the middle of the field for the, for the other receivers. Right. It also opens, like, the flat end for, like, circle routes for, ET, for ETN. Because if your linebackers have to give – to make sure the intermediate is closed or closing, there's a lot of space there from the line of scrimmage to the intermediate that ETN makes a quick move on a, on a linebacker. Bye-bye. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's, it's hard if all you're doing is throwing five to ten-yard passes. Right. You know, they're going to start they sitting on a lot yeah. of stuff, yeah. including the deep guys. If you don't have a guy that goes vertical, it really makes a difference. And this kid can go vertical. If he's anything like he was in Atlanta, there's no question that he helps his football team a ton. And I thought the guys that got this year, you know I said it when we first got them. Everybody was dinging them 
but I was saying we're better than me, we were a me year ago. Me at the ago. top of that list, right? Well, but that was kind of everybody, but I just felt that everybody, you, it's baby steps right. initially, and now it's beyond baby steps. Now they got to start. The expectations are there, and this guy gives them a chance to improve that. So let's combine this with the conversation we just had in the previous segment with regards to the NFL draft and the NFL combine. Um, Wide receiver, to me, seems pretty solidified. Um, I think maybe you take a guy on day three as a flyer. Otherwise, you're probably not drafting a wide receiver. Running back, you have Travis Etienne. You lock up Jermichael Hasty. You still have Snoop Connor. although Doug Peterson admitted the book's not written on him, but at the same time, there's still question marks. You have Mackay Sargent, who was on the practice squad as well, who they're very high on. Tight end position, Evan Ingram on the tag, Luke Farrell, that's it. And so my question is, when you look at the offensive side of the ball, and certainly if Jawan Taylor does walk, then potentially drafting a right tackle or drafting a swing tackle is going to be paramount for the Jaguars. But in terms of that tight end running back wide receiver spot, do you draft, see them drafting somebody on day one or day two? or waiting until day three? I think it depends on their evaluation. If they think that there's a guy there that really makes a big difference to the offense, then they'll do it. I, I'm hopeful that they feel pretty comfortable with what they've got, and they and they stay looking on the defensive side of the ball, and there will be some defensive players there. Uh, I'm hopeful that a, that a corner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even if it's the fourth or fifth corner, even if it's the kid from, from Georgia, right? Uh, Bingo. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not the number one guy, but he's, but he's pretty fast. darn good. He's fast. So, hey. you know, I'm hopeful that that's the direction they're going to go, but there's no guarantee on that. And, and I guess as we get close, we're going to figure out, okay, is it it's going to be all defense for most of our minds, depending on what happens at free agency, but it's going to be mostly defense for most of us. So then does it come down to – is there a better pass rusher? Is there a better interior guy? Is there a better cornerback? Is there a better safety? Correct. And that's the guy you get. Yeah, that's what you have to do. Okay. And and I think at that point right there, would you, you know, would, you, you would include safety in that in that oh, part. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Right, yeah. Absolutely. Because you got the one guy only one more year. Right. Rashawn. You know. So you know you got a young guy in Cisco. Uh, you got a couple of role players. If mm-hmm. if both uh, Tom, it's Thompson, right? Yeah, Thomas. Uh, Thomas. Yeah. And and. Uh, and uh, our guy uh, Dewey, Dewey. right? Know. Who is who is an unrestricted free agent? Right. Yeah. yeah. Bring him back. I, I think he he'll come back. You know. So, to me, that's one a position that you'd look at as yeah. well. Dave, I'm I'm almost seeing this as the corner spot in the draft is so deep. It's I mean it's literally seven, eight, nine, ten guys deep where you're like, all right, that guy's going to help you. Um, you're almost at BGA best guy available at 24. Yeah. Because if 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 for somehow a tight end that you love drops to 24. Wouldn't you take him? That's uh, or, or, or an edge drops to twenty four that you love. Wouldn't you take him at that point? I think it's exactly what you do, especially at this point right now. I'm just hoping that it's a defensive guy right. that's in that position. Right. But at the same time, they're in a position now with what they did in free agency, and mm-hmm. and they've solidified it enough to where you don't just take somebody because you need the position. Right. right. You take somebody that's going to give you what you need. Now, on the reverse side of that is, though, they made that decision on a Christian Kirk, for example. There's a guy that they overpaid, supposedly, because they needed that guy. If there's a guy like that, then you take the guy that, that gives you the chance if you think you can make a run at it this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the pro- yeah, that's just, the situation. A no panic pick is what you like to have. Absolutely. Yeah, where you don't feel the panic at all. Uh, all right, Coach, we're not panicking. 
We're taking a break. We're going to sail over the Francis show. Come up here in a second. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you on Thursday, too. Yep, absolutely, guys. Uh, Tommy's been over at the driving range. He's been checking everything out. He's yeah. got somebody to bet on right now, I guarantee you. He's, he's on top of oh, it, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm he's going got over, a little, little cocktail his hand, too. And, and Michael's <laughs> measuring. What is that? He's measuring the yardage? Or? Yeah, well, measure. I don't know if you know exactly what he does, but he puts a book together for this ball game. This uh, ball game. <laughs> for the tournament. <laughs> this tournament. Yeah. And uh, he's working with two people over PGA. Doing yeah. all the stats and the stats numbers. Stats and all, all that data. All that data. shot link stuff. They're still Absolutely. next, yeah, next yeah. gen in golf. Oh my god! He's, he's putting where exactly every shot comes from, so yeah. they can look at it and oh, say, yeah. "I'm right here. I'm going to put this one right on yeah. the hole." It's crazy, it really is. Thanks, Coach. As always, we appreciate it. We'll say hello to the Francis Show coming up. Now the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet, keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, we got our man, the embedded and shredded Hayes Carline. He is out here, ready to rock and roll with the military appreciation concert. Later, you fired up? I am fired up. It's a uh, it's a great day. It's a humbling day, uh, and, a, and a day uh, that, that I feel immensely grateful because we get to honor our military. And hopefully they have a wonderful time tonight. The players always just does such a fantastic job putting on this event. And uh, it, it's just from being out here on the grounds, it's spectacular. Uh, the weather is perfect. So uh, I couldn't be more excited for this week. I think we're going to have a great players championship. Dude, I, I love that you said it because the people that come up here, this, this is either current or past military service members, and they welcome them all in yeah. free of charge. They feed them. They set them up. They give them a little place they can go hang out. It's right around the corner from 10. So you are right. And when they start bringing the uh, the color guard yeah. up and, and they the general addresses, and oh, my gosh, it's something it's, else. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, really is. is. And, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking, obviously, all things player championship coming up on the Frangie Show. But we'll get into some Jaguars, some college football, and maybe even a little uh, college hoops. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of college hoops, I did want to give an update. Florida State currently in action in the opening round of the ACC tournament. They lead 29-18 over Georgia Tech. That game's over. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. It's done. Listen, Florida State, FSU Florida State looking for win number 10 yeah. on the year. Yeah, Let's right. see if they can get it. Something else. Um, did your opinion of Anthony Richardson change uh, pre-combine, post-combine? <laughs> uh, it did not. Um, uh, but uh, And, again, that's not to say he wasn't great, but I knew he'd be great. So it, you kind of go into it thinking he's going to be magnificent, and he was. Uh, you know, again, th this is the only way I can say it. If I'm a general manager and I'm picking a franchise quarterback in the top ten, to me that's like crossing a, a canyon. And there's, a, there's differing bridges there and differing levels of fog that I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how sturdy is this bridge. Is this bridge going to get me across the canyon? And with Anthony Richardson, there is just too much fog for me to be able to determine, am I going to cross or am I going to fall to my death? Uh, and I don't feel that way about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Levis is in there a little bit as well. Uh, he was fantastic. Richardson's a, a great athlete, and he is, seems like he is an unbelievable person. Um, I don't qu have any questions about that. Right. But I don't know that he knows how to play quarterback. Yeah. And I'm not taking a guy hoping he can figure that out yeah. once he gets to the best level that this sport yeah. has. Why do, I, why do I get the Raiders of the lost, lost Ark image? 
The bridge. Well, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I, you, I mean, the with, with Stroud and Young, yeah, I have that. I have those pebbles yeah. that I can throw right. across the bridge and you to see, see where the where the bridge is. Yeah. I don't have that with Richardson. And speaking of the Raiders, if Al Davis was here, he'd probably take him. He'd right. probably take right. him. And that doesn't mean Mark won't look at it. If they lose out on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, you can pencil the Raiders in as one of the very viable candidates to take him. Honestly. Absolutely. All right, yeah. what else, what I else mean, are you guys getting into? Yeah, I mean, we'll certainly talk about uh, the draft and the Jaguars. A couple of mock drafts are out. Uh, Todd McShay, Dane Brugler, uh, McShay of ESPN, Brugler of The Athletic had uh, interesting ones uh, that we, I'm sure we'll dive into. So, yeah, a lot of NFL draft, Jaguars all coming up on the Frangie Show. Hayes, we appreciate it, my bro. Thank you, guys. All right, Hayes Carline, Frank Frangie, Lauren Brooks, they're all here. Agent Gibbs uh, back in, uh, well, we call it JJville, but back at 1010XL. HQ. So we are out. Uh, the military appreciation concert. Honestly, uh, they were they were doing maneuvers earlier. Oh yeah. They're gonna have that flyover a little bit later on. Helmets and heels will be here at six o'clock uh, as part of all those festivities. So we had a good time today. Thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. Make sure you check out both of them online or on the lot. Beaver Toyota, Augustine.com, BeaverChevrolet.com. Joe C, Mio, Brian, Maddie Hayes, Big Sirs, and JJ. You got the French show coming up next.